it's that time of the year, namely the end of it. It's the Video Gamer Podcast Extravaganza Games of the Year, uh, where I'm joined by uh, regular co-host Rich Walker. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, Matt from upstairs. He's not. He's not upstairs. He's right here. How are you doing? Mm. I'm good. I'm downstairs and ready to chat. Sweet, sweet, sweet. And producer Dan joining us from the booth. Uh, ready to talk games? How's it going? Wonderful. Well, except for COVID and stuff, but you know. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit bit grim. Two of two of our uh, two of our members today have COVID, so that's um, <laughs> you know mm. that's just cheery stuff. Good and hopefully, it. you know, talking about the games that they've enjoyed this year will sort of you know perk them up a little bit, raise their spirits a little bit. We'll see. Um, nothing particularly special about this format. In fact, I think it's the same more or less as we did last year. We've each got five games. Mm-hmm. And we're going to we talk about each game for a little bit, why it's in the list, what makes it special, uh, and then of those five, we've got one uh, game of the year each, which we'll talk about for a little bit longer. Um, we won't, we don't have like an overall game of the year, so Do we'll not. end up. I thought we had a fight at the, at the end. end. No, no, <laughs> no, that's, no that's fight the, this year. The fight, the fights. You know, that's that's an old an old ritual that oh. fell by the wayside. We had a fight, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it wasn't anything to do with game of the year. Shame yeah, that was three, just a it? brawl in the office. Yeah, just a, things got nasty. Josh, Josh hanging on to Shenmue three thing. Game of the year twenty eighteen, <laughs> famously, or was it twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Turtle racing. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We'll go. So, without further ado, adieu. We will go. I was going to say left of the dealer, but we're all just sitting in our houses, so there's no <laughs> real way of telling who's sitting where. But let's go. Uh, Rich, Matt, Dan, Josh. Yeah, I'm still um, wrapped in the same quilt that I was for the weekly podcast. What just, the one that we record that. tomorrow? Yeah, the one that we record <laughs> tomorrow. I'm still in that same quilt in the future. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Um, well, you can get the ball rolling from your position in the quilt. All right, your brilliant. First pick. Yeah. Uh, that's not your game of the year. I could say it, or you could say it, and you could surprise me. Whichever one you want to talk about first. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we get out of the way? Because no one wants to hear it, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, he's going to pick F1 2021. Because <laughs> well, enthusiasm amongst the group is not not high for F1 2021. So let's let's address that one, shall we? And I suspect. Let me just let me just say, I am enthusiastic. Might not be, yeah, Josh um, was openly enthusiastic about this choice. He was actually, yeah, because it's a little yeah. bit left field because we don't tend to go for racing sim things, do we? Generally, mm. not generally. No. All right. So, shall I start then? <laughs> well, yeah. Let me. Yeah. So why it? Yeah. It's a. It's an annual racing thing. The challenge yep. is to make it good, to keep it good, to yep. keep it improving. You've mm-hmm. reviewed all of them under the bloody sun. Not all of them. Um, Almost all of them. Well, a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, it did intrigue me when you when you put it on your list, uh, and mm. I respected it, and actually I loved it, but. Yeah, why is it on your list? Why how has it won you over this year? I think because it's surprising how Codemasters managed to kind of uh, consistently put out such a great racing sim. And I'm not a massive racing sim guy, generally speaking. But there's something about F1 2021 and the F1 series in general that you know I enjoy. Yeah, and it's yeah. Consi- it's the career mode this year as well. I think which was cool because it's one of those story-driven type, you know, FIFA the journey jobbers. Is there, yeah. a, um, is which there is a controversy in the last lap? <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, maybe that's something for them to do next year. Because, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 
that was interesting. I do remember you talking about this actually, and mm. I do remember you saying like the, the, the that's kind of always a challenge to do like a good like Toka used to do it mm. to put like a good story mode or a yeah. story to a good career mode. So that's that that's is that is that the kind of the main coup of this year's F one. I think so. I mean, that and um, just the career mode in general is always really good. It's just really deep and involving and, you know, it covers every kind of facet of the sport. And what I like about the F1 games is that Codemasters kind of give you the option to either scale it all back and turn all the sort of assists on and have sort of a more accessible experience or you can go full you know full grand prix all of the laps all of the assists turned off completely (laughs) mad um so i like that because some there are some sims who are like you know sodger if you if you're not good enough you know there's (laughs) no place for you here yeah if you don't like it leave call the cops yeah um (laughs) so um yeah that's why. I yeah, like and, and by the come. way, we're looking at you, Dirt Rally 2.0. It yeah, was that was harsh, wasn't it? I mean, that's Codemaster's yeah, own yeah. thing, you know. So just it's get good, good they, guys. You know, they're come one, come all. <laughs> you know, yeah. Have a bit yeah. of F1 2021, and it looks fantastic as well. Looks incredible. Yes. Presentations, you know. Stella. But even given that it is the Games of the Year podcast, we mm. should also just as a disclaimer. Well, pretty much as a matter of. One could argue it should be removed from the list, but that might be extreme. But, uh, this year's entry of F1 uh, doesn't does not uh, include Nigel Mansell. Well, yes, that, I mean, and that, last that, year's iteration yeah. did. No, you're so, right. You're right. I mean, that is criminal. I, mean, I don't know what they were thinking. That is the one black mark against it is that yeah. they removed Mansell. I mean, yeah. what were they thinking? I mean, Man. next year, can we have Mansell with his moustache and everything in his classic Williams? <laughs> car that I remember growing maybe, up maybe maybe they took it out so that they could one up themselves next year yeah exactly it's something to strive for isn't it the return of Mansell yeah. Nigel Mansell classic please. EA yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah exactly yeah. that's what it is so sell them back to you that's what they'll do yeah 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 good stuff good also, stuff also battle pass I, and I microtransactions like which I love so, uh, oh well, we're away, we're away then. Say no more. Is this not your game of the year then? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's let's mix it up. Let's declare it right now. Excellent, lovely stuff. No, I like that. I like that. It's no, nice it's to brilliant. see some acknowledgement of that, and it's yeah. and it's bloody tough for an, well for an annual anything. Yeah. But but let alone an annual special f- specialized uh, racing game. It's funny though. Uh, it to, doesn't to feel like putting FIFA forward as game of the year or something. You know? No, no. It is a little more sort of. Uh, weighty than that, I suppose. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Doesn't Matt have eFootball? I yeah. was gonna, yeah. S- yeah. <laughs> oh wait, add that to the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're just, yeah. So mo- moving swiftly on, left of the dealer. So that means that you know, Rich uh, Matt's got to be sitting. Am I the dealer? To the left to, to the left of Rich. No, I'm mm. the dealer. You're sitting to the left yeah. of me. Oh, then okay, we continue right. moving so left. Then, so then, so then, Matt is sat at your left. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So Matt, uh, your game, your your game, game number one. But not not my game of the year. Not your game of the year. We'll save those for last. Perfect. Uh, I <laughs> keep your power. I reckon I'll go for Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Oh, nice, nice. Just because okay. I really like it, and yeah, it's 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 just a very very good Ratchet and Clank game. And I am someone who already loves Ratchet and Clank games. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a series that I I properly grew up on. I remember it was some of my first PS2 games. 
Yeah. And it's one of those games that when you're a kid, I, I liked it as a kid, but you know when you don't know if games are good when you're that young. Because that sat alongside like Simpsons Hit and Run. Still don't know if that's good or if it was just a Simpsons game. And then yeah. you grow up and you're like, oh, you know what? I'll go back to some of my PS2 games. And, Ratchet- and you play Ratchet and Clank and you're like, oh, these games are still good. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. Like learn- learning that later in life and being like, oh, these are classics. And then Ratchet and Clank's never really let me down since. The only time that I was disappointed with it was the the remake in 2016 and that had that was some weird you know bits and pieces about it having like a film tie-in so for me this felt like a real return to form huh. like it's I, been yeah yeah sorry go on no it's because like, i remember your specific criticism of uh, rift apart was that it did uh some of the platforming actually did take a hit compared to the older ratchet and clank games for instance the wall jump doesn't get used after the first like 10 15 minutes i always thought that was kind of an interesting uh, thing to spot is that is that uh, have you sort of forgiven it its slight flaws i guess i think i have and i think i forgave it its flaws a little bit more because i didn't play it a second time through well no i did <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> actually immediately but i also watched uh rhiannon play it through and it was when i was watching her play it that i really sort of reappreciated it a second time, I think, without the pressure of it being a brand new Ratchet and Clank game for the first time since the PS3, because yeah. that's where we're at. Like the, the there was what there was, you know, four Ratchet and Clank games on the PS2. There was four or five or six on the PlayStation 3, and then we just got none for the PS4 except for a remake of the first game. Yeah, that's so, interesting. For this second- to be the f- can I just interject? I, I, just before you said Rhiannon, I thought you said Rihanna. And I was like, Matt was watching Rihanna play the musical artist as she live streamed it on Twitch. But this is it. I was a bit confused for a second. And then I was like, oh, okay. okay. Sorry, yes, I should clarify. My fiance, I watched her play it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and yeah so um, for this to be the first mainline Ratchet Clank game for, you know, since uh, Into the Nexus. And it, you know, it lived up to that potential for the most part. It was it, it is more of an action game than it used to be. There is less platforming than it used to be. And I, I love yeah. a platformer. I mean, that we'll uh. see things later in the list. But I think it's such a well-made game. And it really, for the most part, it's very, very true to what Ratchet & Clank is. Yeah. I was almost... I remember when I first saw trailers for it and I saw the dimension hopping and stuff like that. And I was, I was concerned... I think a lot of people were very excited about that, and I was like, but it sounds like it's not going to be exactly the same as the old games. Where's the structure? Where's the flying to different planets? And they, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all in there. Like it, It's it's such a traditional game, it, with the exception of, like you say, maybe a bit more platforming in there. It doesn't really work much differently to the PS2 games. No, that's it, almost certainly true. It's and just, I would say that like those games, it, one of the things that it does very well... Is just just phenomenal production. I mean, yeah. pretty much everything on this list that, that I would not. Oh yeah, I, I, would, I would not begrudge putting that as just like you know possibly having the most money put in. I mean, it's just obscene yeah. how yeah. how pr- pretty and well produced that game is. And for yeah, me, it, it was of... a game that I wanted to smash every collectible and everything. I wanted to spend oh, as yeah. much time as I could in that world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think that's an honourable mention. Yeah, that's that's a good like list item. That like and. I can see totally why you put it in there, and it, and also like you are, sorry? Matt, I was going to say if that's Matt's first game as well. I mean that's if that's low on it's the a, list. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, I know, I know. It, <laughs> it really hasn't been a bad year, and actually, mm. I'm never one to just turn my nose up at sheer production value. Like there is something to be said for a blockbuster spectacle, especially 
you know, one that's got help to sell a console and does so quite mm. well. I thought the sort of controller stuff was used really yeah. well in that game yeah. as well. I will, um, I will say until I did. Re- until Rich put F1 first, I didn't realise we were doing worst to best. I've just chosen oh, no. a random order. Oh, no, we're not. No, oh, no, okay. no. Sorry. No, it's literally, they're not in any... No, it's only It's only like you, your one game of the year will be the one maybe yeah. you prize. I was going to say. No, but other than that, no. <laughs> it's just first out the gate, though, you know. She's... First out the gate, firing yeah, hot. I just thought know. I'd start, yeah, yeah, start strong. I like it. I like mm. it. Uh, moving over to producer Dan. Uh, game number one. So, um, what are you going to go for? I'm doing mine in order. So, <laughs> nice. regardless what of what you guys have said, <laughs> in reverse order, I'm building up to my favourite game of the year. Oh, I see. Okay. So, the one I'm going to get out the gate first is one that I'm never really comfortable about putting remasters and things like that in game of the year lists. But mm. the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which was the trilogy of all three games, was so yep. phenomenal. And because I'm such a Mass Effect fan, I had to put it in there, in my five. Okay. Oh, right. mm. fair mm-hmm. enough. It's so not cheating, why... though. There's three games, isn't it? You've it used is up three cheating. choices. It is cheating. Plus a load of DLC as well, so... Yeah, yeah. It's not called Trilogy, though. It's called Legendary Edition, which makes it one game, I think. Uh, well, what, well, why don't we just eliminate two of them and just say to producer Dan that he's only allowed one no, of the Mass Effect games and which one would that I'm joking. Be? I, want, I, for one, want to know what it would be. Mass Effect 1. Oh, there you oh. go. Then. Nice. Ooh. Controversial. Case closed. Case closed. Don't no, worry about it. So um, everybody lives two, but one is just so pure, and there's much more difficult kind of choices to make. Um, so yeah, and also it was nice to play that again. So, so why, why, mm-hmm. given that you sort of feel uh, ordinarily, you say, you know, you, you'd sort of begrudge. Is I mean, is, is it sheer sort of bloody-minded nostalgia, or is it? Do you feel this is a particularly good uh, version of what a remaster can be, or you know, is there a specific reason? In a year where we had the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, this is on the other end of the scale to that. This is a well-made. They've taken everything that made the game so great. They put everything together, and the value that you get for one game, that you get all these games, all the DLCs as well, Citadel DLC, which is fantastic, Lair of the Shadow Broker, like, there's so much good content in there, and just to be able to play it through, in back-to-back, basically, um, was just kind of phenomenal, um, and the new visuals are great, um, the audio's still great, the acting's still fantastic, like, it's a game that's kind of ahead of its time, and mm. this has brought it forward to be a, a timeless game now that you can yeah. go back it looks gorgeous you can play it whenever so it feels yeah. unified as well because the visuals are, have all been kind of brought up to the same level right and the, yes. all those controller refinements and everything yeah it just feels yeah complete and together it's bloody yeah. wonderful Mm. In fact, actually, would you say it could be called the definitive edition? I was going to ask that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it absolutely could. Because there's, there's nothing I'd really change about it. I mean, they lost one of the bits of DLC, but that bit of DLC was shite anyway. So, <laughs> like, True. Pinnacle Pinnacle Station was just a awful version of the um, the arena from Citadel. So, yeah, like, I mean, I I genuinely don't think there is anything that they could do to improve it. Mm. Good so it is. I tell you what. Oh, I tell you what. Edition. Let me put this to you. Let me put this to you. Um, the ability to switch between new and old graphics is so good on on Master Chief Collection, and I want all. You don't get that anymore, that. do you? You just don't get. No, it I think it's really I wish difficult. you did, especially mm. for Mass Effect as well, because there were some people who were like, "I do miss the way that." What's that first planet with like the really red sky? 
Eden one. Prime. Yeah, I think it's like the first place you go to. There were a lot of people who were like, "This remaster is like really beautiful," but it like changes Eden Prime. It like changes it to something really, really cool, but it's also like quite different to what it was as well. See, I so that ability would be cool. I thought it actually made the environment pop more. And I, f- I, f- I felt like it was uh, yeah, I th- much more believable. Yeah, I think a lot believable. of people did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I th- yeah, for sure. I just mean that it's it's, it's a little different. A lot of people yeah. said the original Eden Prime was a little bit a little bit darker, a little bit more sort of uh, almost a horror vibe. Broody. Like a kind of, yeah, broody, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Might be nice to have the, have the choice, but I guess you know, other than that, you'd say it doesn't get better than this? Yeah, honestly, yeah. It's the perfect definitive edition for anybody that loves Mass Effect. And anybody who hasn't played Mass Effect as well, it kind of... Mass Effect yeah. 1, like the original, isn't very playable now. It's a very hard game. Um, it's, a, it's an RPG shooter. So all of that's kind of gone, and they brought it to be a lot more accessible. So it's one of those... Like, it'd be really hard to go back to the original now and play it. <laughs> like, 15 years ago, that was fine, but... Yeah, yeah for sure. So for sure. It's fantastic. Uh, right. They I made the Mako good it. as well. We we should mention that because the so, Mako is hideous, wasn't it, in the first I, game? See, I loved it though, so really? I can't say anything. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna go a little bit quick on mine because uh, fans of video gamer can hear me ramble for much longer in my list feature that I've done. So I'm mm. gonna go a little bit quicker with with with, with my ones, uh, unless I say anything particularly outrageous, in which case you can all leap <laughs> on me. It's yeah. a Shenmue. Uh, like, yeah. you, well, I was going to say, you know, let's not forget the Shenmue controversy of 2019. Uh, but no, the first entry on my list um, is is Mundown, um, which I, is a game I've not stopped thinking about since I played it. And I played it in... I can tell you when I played it, actually. I played it in whenever the month was that Resident Evil Village came out. April? And it, mm-hmm. April. And it made Resident Evil Village look very, very silly indeed. Um, although it didn't need much help looking very <laughs> silly indeed. Um Mundown is by a guy called Michel Ziegler. It was almost a one-man effort, and it's a sort of rustic, rural <laughs> horror game. And the kicker of the game is a fellow goes to investigate the death of his grand... Well, to, to attend his grandfather's funeral, only goes there to a very secluded village in the Swiss Alps, and he can't find the body. And things are very strange in Mundown, and it's really, really unsettling in in, in, in a really particular kind of Wicker Man, uh, Midsommar kind of way. Very sort of European kind of... These people around here are <laughs> inherently different in some way, but they, they, they there are lots of uncanny things. I don't quite understand the language, but it's also a really beautiful, kind of captivating place to be. It's got an amazing art style uh, where Michel Ziegler scanned all of the sketches in his notebooks and sort of pasted them over the surfaces to make the textures in the game. So everything in the game uh, has been has been drawn in pencil oh. and, 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 and like and like swipes of graphite. So you look at the wood of like a table and you'll see that it's actually long swipes of, of graphite or like characters faces will be drawn in fine pencil which mm. apart from just being stunning um it is also in uh this has quietly been one of the worst years in recent history for horror games um it has not <laughs> been a scary year um there have been some notable exceptions i thought resident evil was a huge letdown i did not think mm-hmm. much to the medium either neither of which you know, it's not scary at all. Mundown, I found really unsettling um, and quite, quite. It stayed with me all this time. Um, 
I played it, <laughs> as I say, just after Resident Evil Village, and I thought, wow, here's, here's two games where you go to a secluded village, one of them in Romania, one of them in the Swiss Alps, and, uh, you know, one of them has an awful lot of money put into it, and one of them does not. Um, and absolutely, the one that scared me more, the one that was more mechanically interesting, the one that has stayed with me for, for more, albeit, I, as I say, in a weak year for horror. Um, mm. it, even if it was a good year, Mundown would, 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 would be up there anyway. It could hold its own in, in, in any year. A, a really rich game. There's nothing lots Mundown of about it. There's nothing Mundown <laughs> about it. Mm. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so that would, and that, that, that would be on my, I'd be proud to put that on my list in any year. Um, I think, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. Uh, but yeah, Amazing. Anyway, mm. going back around to Richmond, things are hotting oh, up in good round Lord. two. I mean, they're not really, but Dan's chosen to order his, so maybe you'd <laughs> like to do the same. Uh, Rich, your pick number two. Um, well, are you gonna give pick it? number two, how about oh, yeah. It Takes Two? Oh, uh-huh. oh I see no, what you now did there. You're, you're, you're coming out hot. You're coming out firing with the zingers. Genius. <laughs> Love it. Genius. Yeah. yeah. You're with me. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm cool. with you. Um, this, of course, won the Game Awards Game of the Year. It's uh, not winning this one. It's not winning this one. But Joseph yeah, Ferris hasn't paid us off. So, <laughs> forget it. Um, uh, I do remember you saying on the pod, of course, that uh, you would not begrudge it game of the year. No. Uh, it, 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 you know, it, it is not an undeserving entry. In fact, you thought it was phenomenal, didn't you? Yeah, it's great. Really good. Fast. Yeah. And um, I suppose, like, you played it with Rhiannon, didn't you, Matt? Still playing it. We've just... Oh, there you go. It, oh, it just keeps getting better. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, I played it with Elise, and she generally has no interest in video games whatsoever. But this, um, you know, this drew her in, and we played it together, and... You know, we had a whale of a time. There were some times when she was a bit stressed, when she couldn't do bits, and I'd have to take the controller off her and, and do it for her. But generally speaking, you know, one of the most inventive, unique games I've played, certainly uh, co-op adventures-wise. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just one of these games that keeps surprising you with different things. Like You should have played with Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she'd be loving it. Um yeah, so like the, there's great set pieces and really cool stuff like um, there's a bit where it kind of turns into an isometric dungeon crawler for a bit. Yeah, oh, it was a bit of a genre hopper. Yeah, That's quite it does cool. that. It, it it messes about with a lot of different things. Or like you'd be flying on the back of like some mechanical bird and shooting things down. And yeah, it's all <laughs> over the place. You're never doing the same thing twice for you know well if at all. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just bursting with creativity and um, yeah, unique that's, moments. That's lovely stuff. That yeah, and because they are is it haze light, isn't it? Haze light, yes. yeah. So and they yeah. are terrific at that. Obviously, there was that famous mm-hmm. moment in Brothers, um, and also a way out. You know, yeah. there's the sort of teamwork and stuff. Can I ask? Did the story of it takes to? Um, it was praised quite a lot. It sort of centres on the a, a, a child going through divorce. Yeah, the sort of crux of the game <laughs> is that the child is kind of. Trying basically trying to get his parents to back together, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yes, it's a little girl called Rose. Um, yeah, well, she basically. The ch- oh, did I say his? <laughs> yeah, she, she makes a wish. I thought you just said her. the child. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. <laughs> she makes a wish to um, that her parents stay together, and her tears uh, turn them into little dolls. You see, weird, now that to me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that to me uh, sounds incredibly schmaltzy. But but mm-hmm. did it did it grab you? Was it affecting? Did it, it work as a vehicle for a co-op adventure? 
it worked perfectly. <laughs> and it didn't need to really be anything more than that. No. And there were some good moments, no. you know. There's some good banter between them, and it works, you know. So, yeah. Oh, lovely stuff. Lovely Dr. Stuff. Hakim, yeah. this book of love thing that keeps popping up. He's oh, God, irritating. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that... It's the book of love. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's two books this year. Do you remember that book, Twat, that was in... Um... Oh, Near Replicant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he had a really good book. voice. It, well, it was I Matt think. Berry that did the voice. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Not really, it wasn't really no, Matt Berry. No, no, um, it wasn't. Good stuff, good stuff. It takes two. Excellent. Well Is done. Is that it? Wow, we do that. <laughs> that well, quite, unless you've got terribly more to no, I don't no, know. No, that's I'll, fine. I'll, say, I'll say quickly it takes two. I think the other thing that is easily forgotten until you're playing it is that it's the asymmetrical way it's co-op as well. Yes. One one player has one ability, the other player has another, and they always interact in a certain way. Yeah. So, like, mm. I'm playing it, and I'm already like, maybe me and Brianna can play it through again with yeah. roles switched because you Absolutely. do different things together. And that, I think that's what's so clever about it. Yeah, Great 100%. couples therapy. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. What's not to like? Excellent. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, right, onwards. Matt, pick number two. What are you going to give me? Uh, I'm going to go for the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Oh, right. Okay. Good choice, good, good choice, good, good choice. Stuff. Because yeah. I've always been aware of the Ace Attorney games and I definitely played I like I borrowed one of a mate on the DS back in the day but I'd only really got into them this year mm. and I played a couple of the original trilogy I got through those and I really liked them and then I played the greatest Ace Attorney Chronicles and my god I love those two games so it's, it's mm. two games that came out in Japan a while back for the 3DS yes. and they've Upres them, packaged them together, and put them on the Switch, the PS4, PC. Sort of given it a proper translation as well. Yeah, pro- yeah, that's the thing. Proper translation. But that, I think that's the most interesting thing about this, is in previous Ace Attorney games, in the first game, they committed to the games being in America. And the entire localization from that <laughs> is every game since has had to work out that it's in America, despite how Japanese everything looks. <laughs> Yeah. And scenes, and is. yeah, which, and they do an amazing job. Quite frankly, it's still really good. They're very clever about it, but it's a choice that they really had to make. The Greatest Attorney Chronicles doesn't do that, and it's more interesting for it, I think, because huh. it's set in sort of a yeah, the sort of Victorian era era London, and yeah. it deals with a Japanese student. So the first cases that you're taking on are in Japan. And then you move over to London, and um, and the big selling point for it is it's uh, it's Herlock Sholmes, the uh, the similar <laughs> brilliant. but legally brilliant. distinct <laughs> man who is not Sherlock Holmes because they couldn't get the license for it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Although that, was in Japan, but they couldn't do it yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because basically yeah. they ignored it in Japan, but when it got big, they were like, hey, "What are you doing?" Um, but like, he's the big draw. But the what I found to be the biggest draw outside of that sort of marketing push for him is the fact that you get this weird political relationship between Japan and England. Yeah, the and historical yes. context is important, right? Yeah, and it's really interesting. Like, I don't, I, have, I googled it since to work out how much of it is sort of, you know, leaning on actual history and how much of it isn't. But there's like, there's actual historical characters. There's one character who I just thought was completely made up for the game. But he wasn't. He was a Japanese writer who moved to uh, England yeah, in yeah, yeah. during this time period and had a terrible time there and hated it. And 
came yeah, back it, to it, Japan it, they and wrote do, about it. They do really well to root it, but it's the um, Anglo-Japanese Treaty of Commerce yeah. and Navigation, which was, was it, I think it was in the 1890s, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. It was it was sort of rich in history. And, yeah. and, of, and of course, the cases do their classic thing where they're absolutely bonkers, but in a very fun way. They are. There's an, my favourite case in the entire game is one that's entirely <coughs> based around uh, heating and the gas <laughs> yeah. pipes that run around mm-hmm. London and stuff like this and it's so brilliant and it's so fascinating that you cannot believe for most of the court thing you're talking about gas pipes and gas meters <laughs> and I'm like I, really I got good. to a point where I was absolutely enthralled and I was like this is just about yeah. gas and that's mad but the series in general is great at making mundane th- topics yeah. like that seem interesting and exciting yeah. Right? yeah and especially having that grounded in in the UK and in this sort of time period I found yeah. really really interesting and there's some great new mechanics as well which obviously aren't new because it came out on 3ds a while ago but oh sure the sure. thing the the trial stuff with the jurors is mm. fantastic and it's yeah. and also like it deals with like racism a lot like all the british jurors like when there's a japanese man on trial they're just like yeah he's a weird asian man so we think he's guilty and it really doesn't yes. shy yeah, away yeah. from that and it's it's this weird thing where it's like yeah it it's a very it's interesting to see a sort of Japanese perspective on mm. the British public and English people in this period of time. I just, I just think it's fantastic. Like, I just had the best time playing through it. The yeah. only thing was that because we was reviewing it for the sites, so I was playing it on the PlayStation, and I think the Ace Attorney games are so well made for handheld that I would have. I think it would almost would have got been better if it had been on the Switch for me personally. Yeah, 100%, yeah. But Absolutely. I still had a fantastic yeah. time with it. Um, yeah, it, they do belong on the on the DS. And I will also... Um, sort of handheld, but yeah. Yeah, handheld, definitely. But I will also say that um, this one's the... Uh, isn't it the first th- sort of fully 3D Ace Attorney game as well? Oh, yeah. But it's almost you can't something. tell. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It could it so could have easily lost something in that shift, but it doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah, it's great. I thought some of the backgrounds were still pre-painted, and then the camera switches yeah. angle, and you go, "Oh wait, no, they've just mm. shaded this to look like it's still like a painted background." Yeah, yeah really, really cool. Looks gorgeous. Mm. Mm, excellent. Good yeah. stuff. Good nice. stuff. Over to producer Dan. Uh, game number two. What are you going to give us? I think I'm going to roll out. Hitman 3. Lovely stuff. Which, when we were having this conversation a few weeks back, I was like, yeah, Hitman was last year. No, it was literally this year. Was it January this year? January it was. It genuinely feels like a different decade. Um, (laughs) No, it's this year. But yeah, Hitman 3, um, fantastic way for IO to end the trilogy, I guess it is. I suppose so. The World of Assassination trilogy. Yeah, which is weird though, because they said, yeah, we're not making any more, we're not doing any more, but all they've done since is make more content for it. So, yeah, 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 I I don't know. But for me, what I liked about this one was it tried a lot of really different things, which it probably hasn't done before and in some respects it absolutely smashed it like um the i can't think of the name of the mission but the stately house um dartmoor dartmoor that's it yeah Yeah. um and berlin was a absolutely berlin was probably the takeaway of that berlin was such a good mission on that it might be my number one on that game john never gets old in the berlin bit that guy who stood on the rafters in the middle just chucking him over the edge into the 
the crowd below. <laughs> that's that's always great. That's terrific. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. What? A, that's what a never been done mission. before, right? Like usually it's here's your target or find out your target, go and do it. This one's like you don't know anything. Just go out there and explore. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's it's yeah, the premise of the mission, it really it, it plays with it. its closest relation, I suppose, is murder of crows in the sense that there are lots and lots of bodies yeah, and sure. you have to find your targets when you're at but it sort of takes a murder of crows and really riffs on it and really does sort of di- different things with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you're right. Yeah, the, I think this hitman played around with it a lot more, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. And like the first time you do that mission as well, like you get no hints. Like if you go and replay it, obviously, and you hit your um, your your focus vision, like you can see all the targets. But the first time, literally nothing. So I was wandering around, going, "What the hell? I've got to take down six people in this." And you just find yourself in some really weird situations. And I genuinely yeah. think it's one of their best maps of all time. Just shit because it's completely different to anything they've ever done. Um, it was yeah for for sure, and I actually like to turn that stuff off. The um, yeah, I, I like to. I, I like forget to go it's there. Through blind. I yeah, forget it's there. It's. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I watch I just, a lot of speedruns, so ah right. Um, they're always using it on the speedruns, so <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I mean, like apart from the last mission, the is it Romania? Was it the Carpathian Mountains? Oh, yeah, the Carpathians, which yeah, is absolutely train. atrocious. The worst hitman mission ever. Um, every other mission was like great. I loved it. Like, I can't remember it. What happens in that mission? You just on a train. Oh, the train. Oh, yeah. I thought that was okay. Really, yeah, I quite liked that mission. Yeah, oh. but it's mm. funny because Hitman can be so many different things, and that mission felt like it could have been in like Absolution or something. Yeah, mm. for sure. Uh, True. Whereas like it du- felt it was very linear. And then you've got Dubai, which is this a massive like. Oh, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, Dubai was. I tell you what, that Hitman Three was uh, was a very exciting thing indeed. For, for if you're excited about the Bond game, oh god, um, yeah, there was absolutely. a lot of stuff in Hitman Three when you were thinking, oh Christ, this could be this. I mean, if I'm 007 and I'm just rocking up in this fucking skyscraper, I mean, hmm. it's like a it's like a trailer for Bond, but but that sounds disrespectful because of course. It's it is its own. Th- it is you know I'm not I'm not only going through it and imagining that it's James Bond. Yeah, you I get to play as Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah. But there was that bit yeah, exactly. There was that bit early on. Do you remember it? Where you you go through in Dubai, you go through the blue curtain, and there's an outfit change as well. I was like, yeah, that's such oh, yeah. like a like theatrical Bond thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah sort of tighten his cuffs as well. Yeah, that was cuffs. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And he yeah. leaves by parachuting off the top, which is yeah. so Roger Moore. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. And yeah. also, oh, yeah. Chongqing. I think that's how you pronounce oh, it. Chong, Chong King. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, what that a level. That was great. Yeah. Like, just that beautiful. That was huge. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah it's a, a great way to end the uh, the World of Assassination trilogy. But and I, I'm a little bit sad I hope that we're more. not... Yeah, yeah, they're bound to. Even though we've got Bond on the way, and I am excited about that, I do think mm-hmm. to myself, oh, I'm going to miss 47, though. Like, I hope... Yeah. They're not so busy that they can't, but they probably we probably won't hear from IO for a little while now. No, yeah, you, you know true. what? That's the one thing I want from the next trilogy is a proper story because this one was just so bitty. Yeah, it like, was. It didn't, it totally I, I couldn't was. tell you what happened now. Like, no. since, since what you don't know about the the, the providence and the. Oh, what's the constant? The, the constant. Yeah, the constant. Hell. Everyone's yeah. going on about the constant all the while. The Wachowski, I have no idea what it's the Wachowskis in it with the constant, the librarian. Oh, it's the, yeah. the Halo, isn't it? Absolutely, <laughs> 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 Halo. 
Like, yeah, the librarian. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a cracking game and a nice way to start the year that. Mm. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, how's about a bit of this then? It's a bit oh, weird. Go on. Didn't know I was going to put this in my list until uh, again happened early. I think it was about March. It came out. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Oh okay. yeah, is my is my number two. Um, completely took me by surprise. Monster Hunter is a thing that if you've played it and if you've had the Monster Hunter experience and you know that you like it and it's clicked in your brain and I think for a lot of people that was Monster Hunter World on the yes. PS4 in Excellent. 2018 or and Xbox One come on yeah did it did it come out for Xbox like later no, no. Same, same time, time. day and day was it, same, was, it, was it same time yeah yeah you're just playing bias there Josh uh, yeah Shocking. I always have that as a Playstation one in my head I don't know why um, but yeah this one uh, it only came out on the Switch which is kind of bonkers because yeah it's like a full fat, like yeah. you know, Monster Hunter, and it looks incredible as well. It's like uh, it's, it's the RE engine. Oh yeah, it's uh, one of the better looking Switch games by quite a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and something about Monster Hunter, <clears throat> I've always really admired it. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of from afar, like like I've, I've sort of thought, oh yeah, yeah, like that's that's a thing I could like. And I played a couple on PSP, and uh, I played uh, one of on one of the ones on PS2 back in the day, and I played some of World, and I thought this is this is like you know potentially amazing, and I I, I could totally see that I could love this, um, but I ju- I just never like put the like put put the time into it, I guess, and finally made it so that it clicked in my head, you know. Uh, and I think for me, Monster Hunter Rise is is the game that did that. It's the game where I kind of finally uh, got it, where it's sort of like I got the gameplay loop in my head. Um, yeah. I really kind of learned ha- sort of how it works and really sunk my teeth in. But it also is a Monster Hunter that does a few really amazing things. It's got the uh, the wire bug, which is basically a sort of grappling hook system, which really changes traversal. And lots of the maps are really, really vertiginous um, and really, really big as well. But it also has beast riding, where you can tame, uh, you can use your <laughs> wire bug to kind of tether uh, wild monsters and you can jump on their back and ride them around, which is obviously just fun in any video game. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like the option to ride uh, like a woolly mammoth or something. I mean, yes, please, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, really, really beautiful. And also the village that you that you sort of are, you set up your little base of operations in. Um, it's got uh, cats in it, and the cats are <laughs> running around, and they run a restaurant, and they'll cook meals, and they'll talk, and they'll sing little songs. And when they cook for you, they'll do little dances and sing little songs. Yeah. Um, which is I was brilliant. playing it. That was in Monster Hunter is, World as well, which is it yeah. is excellent. Yeah. 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 Uh, terrific stuff. And the traversal stuff, for me, I actually find it more fun than I found World. World did have a grappling hook, but it wasn't used in anywhere near like this. But wasn't it um, more context sensitive? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this, you have a palamute, which is like a dog. Oh, that's which, great, uh, isn't it? A f- sort of faithful companion, but you can also just jump on its back and ride it around. And yeah. it's a great way to get around. Yeah. And you can fight monsters while on your palamute's back, just yeah. running oh, around. Cool. And you, can, you can drift the dog, which is just a great can, thing, isn't it? Yeah, you can, you can drift it as well. It's just a ludicrously generous game, and it huh. rewards 
curiosity and it isn't too daunting as well there's sort of the, sort of the systems are there and it, the monster hunter is always quite tangled and difficult to understand and you will have to google some stuff it's just it's such a deep series and it's been going for so long now that it's so difficult for them to make something that's completely accessible i guess but this did a very good job i didn't feel too daunted i played it after i reviewed it for some time it sort of dominated my switch for a couple of months um i sort of think back to it now i think i think it was around march or april and it's just like the first sort of half the first third of 2021 i sort of smile and think that was the monster hunter bit you know that, that was, nice, that was nice. the bit where i was busy with monster hunter rise yeah just lovely i mean i imagine it will come to other platforms it's coming to but, pc but, next year they've already announced uh, that yeah that's right pc Why there's a big expansion console. coming as well though josh you, you're sort of you're eyeing that up the what's say that again sorry the oh, expansion yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 what's it? What's that called? Sunbreak, is it? Sunbreak. Yeah, right. Well, I will be getting it, and I will be, and I will be reporting back. Nice. Um, but yeah, oh, even though there's loads of the normal game that I still have yet to do. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's bloody good stuff. I had a cracking time with it. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, onwards and upwards. Uh, we are back around to Richmond pick number three what me again well I was thinking I think I know what this is going to be well it's getting <laughs> tricky now but I'm thinking Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy is next oh, I knew it would be I yeah, knew it would yeah, be yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew it would be at the end of the day I knew it would be yeah well, go on tell me why <laughs> unpredictable um, <laughs> <laughs> it was um, a nice surprise um, yes I had very few expectations attached to this game yep um, and that's not because of Marvel's Avengers, because I knew that the two had no connection whatsoever, on, other than the Marvel on, bit. It really was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Because I knew. I do, how do you feel about Idos Montreal's mo? Is it, mind you, Avengers isn't Crystal Dynamics no, either. Is but they it? were quite vocal about it, weren't they? Being like single yeah. player, no. Exactly. Wait. The messaging yeah. out the gate was there, wasn't it? This isn't is single that, player. Isn't that Idos Idos Montreal's mo? Yeah, totally, that's what I mean. <laughs> but I was saying it's um, the Avengers wasn't really Crystal Dynamics MO, so that's not a good example. Oh, okay, know, to so say. Yeah. like single-player, yeah. story-driven Yeah, games. exactly. Yeah, but their yeah. messaging right out of the gate was, this is single-player, you know, resolutely single-player, um, no microtransactions, no extras, what you buy is what you get, you can unlock yeah. everything in the game, and that's it. And they <laughs> held true to that, and that's it's weird that that's an unusual thing now. Yeah, but it is, yeah. or just or a thing that they feel like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna say that, and we're yeah. gonna say it proudly, yeah. and that'll be. It's like well, well, and they've got to drill it home a, as well. If you know that's a selling point, then do that more. But, <laughs> exactly. but, yeah. but, but but I mean, I guess they know how much money they're gonna make. Are you attached to the property, Rich? The IP you've got? Do you read because <coughs> you sort of know more about the comics and stuff than I do? I know. I, I know a little bit about the comics, but my main knowledge as you know will be the case for most people is is the movies really uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy films yeah so that's that's yeah. really my my jumping off and point the ga- and the game did really kind of look to those newer movies yeah and, and sort of like base its look of the characters a little bit but on it, that as well, it sort it? of took that and kind of ran with its own take on it yeah so there's the recognizable from the film those characters but they're yeah Idus Montreal's own interpretation yeah. And as such, you know, it, it emerges as something unique and separate from the films. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of that perfect balance between the comic book source material and the, the recognisable movie stuff that people can latch onto. 
Mm. And um, yeah, I think that was a smart move, you know. You don't want to alienate sure. people with a you know a look that's too comic booky because you'd be like, "What's this?" But then no, yeah, you can sure. unlock costumes yeah. in the game that are directly from the pages of the comic book. So, oh nice, kind of uh, yeah, pleases all parties. Really so it keeps people happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, soundtrack yeah, like a bit of exploration and the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cracking soundtrack. Really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the original soundtrack itself is superb, and then they made a, a an original album for the game, the fictional band called Star Lord, and then they got this eighty yeah. soundtrack on top of that. It's yeah, it's it's great, and really really, yeah. really good fun game as well. I have to say, I I I I really enjoyed it as well, and sort of mm. didn't really see it coming, and and have absolutely no connection to Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I really don't care it's about not it. It's not prerequisite, is it? Playing the game, I just I was I within about fifteen minutes I was like, Yeah, you've got me. I'm mm-hmm. totally swept up in this. These guys are quite funny. And actually yeah. it is the best <clears throat> it's the best game since Oxenfree to do overlapping cross talk between yeah. a group of oh, NPCs. Nice. And it's not annoying either. It's because it's it no. can be constant and yes. it, that could run the risk of just you know, you're going, oh, Becoming shut Becoming irritated. Yeah, like, but I can't hear not, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You enjoy the, the banter between them. Um, yeah. I mean, I did anyway. I can't see no, how I you'd did, find yeah. that annoying no. either. Um, no, and also, really just well. the, the way that they queue up uh, interruption, they kind of, they really hit the natural flow of, I remember Oxenfree doing that really well, just mm. like it sounded so organic, the end product, and uh, yeah. Guardian's kind of did that in a in a triple A well double A triple A let's call the whole thing off I, think I don't triple know a. It, I think triple A this this feels triple A it looks triple A um, it's got Marvel money behind it doesn't it yeah yeah um, yeah but it wasn't just that it was like um, the little like you say the organic bits where you'd go off and explore and they'd be like hey it's this way where are you going again or you know <laughs> oh he's off exploring again <laughs> Or if yeah. you'd accident, I accidentally shot my guns uh, out of combat one moment. They're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You know, it's nice. Yeah, I a lovely that. surprise. A lovely yes, surprise this year. Absolutely, I, I heartily recommend it. And it's one of those games that's already been discounted quite a lot. So, um, nice stocking filler, I would say. Oh, definitely. There mm. you go. Little Christmas yeah. game for definitely, you. Definitely. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. All right. Onwards and upwards to Matt from upstairs. Pick number. One, two, three. What do you got? Oh, God, I forgot it was me next. Uh, I'll, I'll go for Metroid Dread. Excellent. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, this is the sequel to Metroid Fusion, for people that remember that game, from 2001 or 3. I always forget. 1, 2001, or the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, so, so same year as Prime, right? So Yes. <laughs> so, you know, if you've got the long memory, this is the sort of... The, the continuation of Samus's story from all that from all that while ago. Uh, yeah, to g- g- give me your thoughts. Why uh, why does this deserve to be on the list? In, a, in by the way, in a very crowded genre. Mm. I mean, yeah, that I mean that's part of the sort of the thing that Metroid Dread had to deal with was that it's it's coming back to a genre that it you know helped create that sort of adventure exploration game where you got a map screen, you're getting upgrades, you're unlocking different gates and stuff like that. And there have been so many games since that have have done that and have uh, built upon it and a lot of indie games that you know fantastic games like Hollow Knight and Axiom Verge and things that have built upon what Metroid did so to return to that genre and sort of you know stand out again and and be one of those 
those top top games and it it just mm. did it and i mean i know you had your reservations just based on uh what mercury steam did with samus returns i really like that game but mm. i agree with you it had its issues and in terms of structure and it was a remake as well so they have working off, of a, course. Of course. off the bones of an older game so and yeah there was just so much riding on metro dread it's the first you know 2d metro game in what yeah 2001 near enough 20 years yeah near enough yeah. 20 years and it was just so good and it was a really really good combination of new and old as well they they went heavily in the marketing with the the emmys uh mm. which are those really unsettling you know robots that stalk you through these uh these certain areas um and i was i was concerned at first that it would impact the flow of a game wherever you're exploring and stuff like that you know you're being hunted down having to hide and it's so well done it's so well integrated in terms of just these short little snippets when you're in areas you're never just in the area either you you're sort of you're passing through to get to your next objective and you tend to pass back through and you'll fight the same me or run from the same me about you know two three times before you can finally actually take them out and uh and to combine that with a map that really was amazing to explore but at the same time, and I, I know that people divide on this, I never got lost in Metro Dread's map, which for a map of its size and its complexity is almost seems ridiculous. But yeah, there was like a... Yeah, yeah. Mercury Steam did such a good job at giving you like this invisible guiding hand to yes. be like, we'll just go down this, you know, it, it, it subtly shows you which the obvious path is. Mm. And you go down there, you just don't end up turning back. And you get to your next objective... And they combine that with um, the best boss fights that Metroid has ever done. I think Metroid boss fights, especially the 2D games, have always been slightly, slightly weird sort of battles of attrition. It's less about your skill and more about you know how many energy tanks, how many missile tanks have you found so far. Mm. The more exploring you do, the easier it is to take down that boss quicker. But these boss fights are bloody excellent. I mean, the final boss fight, especially one of huh. the best boss fights in any game I've ever played. Like <clears throat> tense difficult oh, j- incredible stuff yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah I think they did really well with the world building and it's just it's just a new 2D Metroid game and it's really good and like for me that's that's enough to get it up here like it it had so many expectations to hit and I think for most people it it hit them and in some cases exceeded them like it's it's just brilliant and I'm excited to see where that team goes next now if they continue down this path mm. I'm sad I bounced yeah. off that first boss, that, that cryptoid, <laughs> whatever his name is. Crap, <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> yeah, I think that actually is it, you know. What's his name? I think it is the, the cryptoid. Um, is it Cor- Cor- Corvid? Cor- Cor- Corv something. Cor- Corvid? That's a bit Cor- close to... Uh, it's Corvid! I'm sure Cor- it's not. Jeremy it's Corvid. Jeremy Corvid! <laughs> Cor- Corp- Corpus? That's oh, the yeah, one. Cor- yeah, we Corvus. got that. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Corvid is the one. Uh, anyway, no, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with almost uh, everything there. Yeah, I, I, I did, mm. yeah, a terrific game. And also, um, one of the uh, one of the most subtle um, and tasteful and clever uh, explorations of a character. Which which the audience has so little to go on. Yeah. Um, and Mercury Steam 
managed to sort of communicate something about a character who's basically been an enigma for over 30 years mm. and and for good reason you know it started started out started life on an 8-bit console so they, didn't, <laughs> they never had much to go with i'm sorry did you but, not play other m josh there, there's uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone on this podcast one, <laughs> no that not doesn't exist <laughs> i actually do i actually do have a soft spot for other m but let but christ let's not go down that uh, <laughs> not, not today but um and i thought they did that in animations and yeah in sort of communicating how sort of confidence it really, it really felt is. like it really felt that they understood that samus is nintendo's coolest character and went we're just going to lean into it like yeah. and yeah. they did and it's great it, yeah it, it there's a sort of there's a, a sort of divergent path really where they kind of uh, that's how you do it yeah exactly yeah. whereas like that like, whereas for me if you look at something like halo it's like Master Chief talks too much. You have you have you have a really similar character to Samus in a lot of ways, and Nintendo kind of showed how you can keep that mystique there. Whereas if you if you do it the wrong way, it can kind of dilute it a little bit. Um, isn't yeah. um, anyway? We'll get onto isn't that. Isn't Tingle Nintendo's coolest character? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, apart from Tingle, if I yeah. could have it on the list, I'd have Tingle's freshly picked <laughs> Ruby Ruby Land on here. But you know, that came yeah. out quite a few years ago now. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, on to producer Dan. Producer Dan, you have a third pick for us. I, what are you going to do? I do. I think I'm going to throw Life is Strange True Colors into the mix, which is Ooh, it's not nice. really the third game. It's I guess it's the third main game. Is um, it Don't Nod? I always forget. No, it's Deck Nine, isn't it? Deck Nine. Is it but, actually, is it the third mainline game if it's got no numbered suffix? Well, it's an interesting of, point. Well, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's a 10, 12 hour experience, which is what the other ones were. But before the storm, I just, I just it's confusing. Yeah, so, uh, so let's say this is Life is Strange 4. This uh, is at least... Very important, yeah, this, is, this is, that we established. It could be Life this, is Strange yeah. I mean, we, we, we could just call it Life is Strange 2 Colours. Yeah, no, I, we like could that. Do. I like we that. Could do. Do. So L-I-S-T-C, right? L-I-S-T-C, list. It's a list List cut. No, yeah, but go on. So why is this on here, Dan? Oh, Honestly, so I loved Life is Strange before the storm as well. Fantastic. And then Life is Strange 2 just went a little bit too dark and morbid and there was... It didn't really have the same energy that the original did. Well, yeah, Life yeah, is Strange True definitely. Colors brings back that energy, brings back more of a family vibe, a story about hope uh, and togetherness and kind of more mystery as opposed to survival. And it just fits the, the franchise perfectly. And it's it's almost, I want to say, a comeback for the franchise. Because in my eyes, Life is Strange 2 was, wasn't the same tone, whereas this... Mm-hmm. This is what you expect from a Life is Strange game. Characters, um, special powers, mysteries. It's got it all. Yes. It's got it all. Yeah, and also, sure. a absolutely fantastic music soundtrack as well. As always. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff on there. There's Angus and Julia oh. Stone. There's a lot of really good... Uh, I have to say, in this, in this series, just if you just take the series as a whole, it seems like Deck Nine... Uh, are eating Don't Nod's lunch at the moment. Well, I think this was a bit of both, to be honest. So I did, because I've been writing about this for another feature I'm doing, and I was looking this up earlier on, and it has them down as both developing. So oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. I'm not entirely sure whether that's Deck Nine working on it and Don't Nod assisting, or yeah. don't know. Like, it's, it's it never be, yeah, clean cut these days. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, 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 for sure. I know that the writers were the ones from Deck Nine. It was Zach Garris who wrote Before the Storm um, and and now has written this. But the yeah, I think Don't Nod of, of... I agree with you on Life is Strange too. Uh, I really did not enjoy that game. Um, <clears throat> I thought it, it tried to do something interesting, but it, yeah, it, for it, sure. it did, didn't, didn't work for me. But when I played uh, True Colours, it, I did get that sensation of... Oh, and now we're back. Yeah, absolutely. Like this, this, this feels like a. This feels like because I really liked Before the Storm as well. I thought it was terrific. Yeah, and it's got um, the same kind of story, right? And it's got the same kind of characters, and you've got this in the environment that you kind of almost fall in love with, which you never had in Life is Strange too. You were just a, a, a guy just and his little brother just trying to travel from A to B. So you never got yes, that sense yeah. of attachment to yeah. your the world that you were in. Whereas True Colors. Like it's oh look at this amazing mountain top village, um, look at these amazing characters and look how they kind of the dynamics of them working together and living together and it, it's like fantastic and it just that gives it the life is strange feel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the original, you fell in love with Arcadia Bay, whereas this in this one you fall in love with Haven, and like it's super colourful. Like this, it's. So idyllic. And she has like powers again, like actual yes, proper powers, exactly. which was not in two. That you didn't have powers, no. your brother did, and, and that was and shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> it didn't really. It, it, it kind of didn't. Again, it's a, it's an interesting thing that they were doing. Yeah, um, but you do lose out on that sense of empowerment, that sense of how you know how how am I gonna. Because it is manipulate this world with my upper hand, sort of thing. It is a power fantasy, right? Life is strange. Is about you've got superpowers. What are you going to do with them? Whereas Life is Strange 2 wasn't. In Life is Strange 2, it was like, yeah, your brother's got superpowers. You're just his brother. Like, you're a bit shit. Yeah, you're- <laughs> uh, whereas I feel like they've put the powers back into the, the power experience, yeah. I guess. But yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it, is it, was, a, it was, yeah. It's a wonderful it nice, game. It's a lovely game. Nice, nice to be back, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I like that. Uh... Right, I am going to pick for my next game one that I didn't think I'd have any chance of being in here. In fact, I thought I would hate the game, uh, and I ended up loving it. My goodness, it. this is great it's, preamble. It's uh, <laughs> Noble Heroes 3. Oh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, which quietly was just some of... The, it's almost some of the... It's, yeah. I assume you I'm haven't played the other two, then. No, and I'm not going to oh. say it's like the most fun I've had this year, but mm. I think I played No More Heroes very, very briefly, a very long time ago, around a, around a friend's house. I'd could round because I didn't. Uh, it was on the Wii originally, and I didn't have much of an interest in it then. And I remember yeah. sort of seeing it, and it looked absolutely bonkers and ridiculous. Wasn't it a sort of a Wiimote <laughs> showcase with this? It was a Wiimote shaker. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It was. It Travis was touchdown. Totally. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, but I played No More Heroes 3, and I honestly, because I was reviewing it, and it's Suda51, or Suda Goichi, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself, I'm going to absolutely hate this. Um, <laughs> it's I, good I to can go just to tell like that, isn't it? He's going to annoy me. You know, he's got the whole sort of auteur. I'm crazy. I talk about music and stuff in my games. <laughs> you know, I, I was just... Something about it kind of made me a bit itchy, a bit antsy. I was like, "This is going to wind me up," and it really, really didn't. Um, it was excellent and one of the most stylish games I've played in a while. 
really simple premise. Guy lives in a place called Santa Destroy, which is sort of like a California beach town, and aliens invade Earth, and he has to work his way sort of video game style, kind of Scott Pilgrim style. He has a list, and there are, I think, nine or ten people, aliens, beings on this list, Mm -hmm. that he has to kill one by one. He's a professional assassin, and he has a laser sword, uh, which is not a lightsaber, but is a charge up. It looks like a strip of fluorescent tubing. Um, And you, when it was on the Wii, you had to shake the Wiimote up and down like you were sort of masturbating, and that would charge up the laser sword. So that's the <laughs> Is that how they of, describe it in the game? Well, it was definitely... It was, that it was, was the kind intention, of, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was like a joke yeah. on the part of Suda, because Travis would also, like, he would hold it, like, next to, to his penis, basically, and sort of quite manically Filth. run it up and down. Anyway, it was, yeah, it was, it was utterly juvenile and ridiculous. Ban it. Um, but <laughs> ban this sick film. <laughs> um... The combat is excellent. If you're going to fuck around, if you're going to spend, I don't know, an entire cutscene, and and it literally does this, spend an entire interstitial cutscene where two characters sit in a room and talk for... What for about two minutes plus um, on the films and career of Takeshi Miike... um, and the the merits of his films and one film versus another film. It's a sort of tributary that someone like Quentin Tarantino would take you down for 10 minutes when you'd sort of think, why are these two characters sitting here talking about brands of burger? Why is this interesting? (laughs) But the thing is, is that... (laughs) When you have the gameplay, it speaks volumes, and it's some of the best combat I've played all year. It's hack and slash. It's got a beautiful dodge. It reminded me of... It, do you know what? It reminded me of Witch Time from Bayonetta. Oh, wow. It was, mm. The timing window is delicious, and you activate it, and there's this syrupy slow motion, and Travis just hops around his enemies, and he goes fucking mental with this lightsaber. I mean, he really... you know. And then you do, in place of the motion control, although you can do motion control if you use the Joy-Con. I was obviously on a Switch Lite, so I didn't do that. But you trigger like these finishing moves where you have to move both analog sticks in in, in, in the specified on-screen direction. And it'll hack the, the person's head off, and there'll just be like a ridiculous shower of blood. Um, and it's just so absolutely off-the-wall satisfying. And then to, to sort of couple it with that, they've got these really, really assured, beautifully drawn anime cutscenes that tell a story that is ludicrous, but oddly affecting about a mm. little boy. The aliens come to invade, and it turns out that when the, when the alien was young, it sort of visited Earth a bit like E.T. and befriended a small boy. Like and, the new uh, John Lewis advert. A bit like that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only he comes back wanting to kill everyone, and the little lad's oh, like, "Oh, no, that was made that of so much better." <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't want to kill everyone, you know. Uh, but no, it, it's terrific. It was. I've never been so. Actually, do you know what? Shenmue Three was also a game where, and in fact, I was sat in the pub with producer Dan before that game came in. I remember saying to producer Dan. I don't understand this. I don't know why this game could possibly be good. And I was ready to sort of not like Shenmue 3. And so that that was probably the last time I was turned around on a game. This, so this is maybe this no year's more Shenmue heroes. 3. This is, that's this year's <laughs> Shenmue 3. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Did you get so, an, an envelope of cash through the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to retire early. Thank you, Sudagoichi. <laughs> have you got uh, any interest in um, in playing the old ones now? Uh, uh, do you know? Oh, do you know what? I I should say as well. I immediately bought both of the first games on the Switch. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. You and Rich are just terrible for that. 
Oh, I would have done the same like, thing. Like, <laughs> I was, I was yeah. obsessed. After that, I was like, oh my god, they've got an HD um, like redo of the Wii game, and it yeah. was like sixteen quid, and uh, so I just I spunked thirty quid and bought both of them immediately. Is, yeah. They're, they're the, now on the backlog, by the way. I've not touched them, but it's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> I got obsessed with Yakuza and bought every single one, and then uh, this year Ace Attorney <laughs> bought every single one. It's, yeah, and, yeah, and, and the new consoles play them on Wretch as well. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Guys, you do realise Halo Infinite multiplayer is out, right? That's all you need in your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. On my own uh, worst right, enemy. Uh, <laughs> back around to Richmond. Mm. You've got game number four, the well, last one. And funny, I know I what it is. You do. Well, you, I mean, yeah, we gave you the list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you all know what it is if you've just been cancelling out the other ones that you said. But, you know, I like to think I always knew that this would be the last one. Yeah, said. yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny I mentioned Yakuza because, you know, Lost Judgment is my next pick. Oh, set oh, within oh, wow. the world of. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. T- tell us, because I remember you didn't, initially you were like, you hated what, what the hell is, Why yeah, for like a couple of days you were like, this is bullshit, I want to so, get out of this school. And then class. a week later you're like, oh, this is just game of the year stuff. Yeah, that's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> well, this this is the power of video games, isn't it? It's the wonderful, you know, Indeed. agony and ecstasy. Of course, that comes yes, with why them. we love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd come off the back of replaying the first Judgment. Yeah. And um, I think I went into this wanting more of the same. <laughs> yeah. And and it sort of is, but it doesn't start that way because no. you're sort of stuck in a school for quite a lot of the opening section. Do you go undercover? Is that why you're in a sort school? Of. Or are you just there? Right. <laughs> as undercover as you can be as a, as a grown <laughs> man. a 40 year old school. man in a school. Yeah. When, you're, yeah, exactly. when you're punching 15 year olds or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's great. Who doesn't want to do that? Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, so it got. It took a while to get going for me, but then it finds its stride, and you're just like, yes, I, I'm loving this. And it's just one of those typical Ryu Gagatoku stories where... Utterly bonkers? Yeah, bonkers, but in the best possible way, and things yeah. connect that you don't see connecting. You're just like, what? And... All the side stories are completely mad and brilliant, and all the mini games <laughs> and side activities are just—they're just great. And it's just where know, is it again? Remind me. It's back in um, Yokohama, so Ijincho from Yakuza, oh, uh, like a dragon, from like a and, dragon, and, nice. and Kamurocho. You've got both, so uh, best of both worlds, literally. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And it's just—it's just wonderful. It's just great and to be in that world and. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying maybe the most intriguing thing about Lost Judgment, and one of our listeners on the weekly pod also chimed in on this. Yeah, um, poss- possibly the darkest uh, story. Yeah, th- th- that this studio has yet told. Incredibly grim subject matter, apparently. Well, yeah, the theme is um, bullying in kind of all walks of life, and um, in some ways it's weird how it addresses it, and then in other ways it's it's really. Um, you know, approaches poignant. a subject in kind of a brave, yeah, poignant way, and it's huh. interesting. It's a really interesting game, um, and I feel like this developer is one of very few that kind of tackle weird subjects, huh. and for the most part, are successful. 
I mean, it doesn't. You've just hit made me want to play that more than any other time you've Always. talked about it. Just then, I really want to play that. <laughs> it's. I think you'd really like it. Uh, I think you should play the first one first. Every other time he's talked yes. about it, he was slating it for yeah. about a month. Yeah. <laughs> Rich can't articulate why he likes this game. It sounds shit. You've, you've, you've nailed it there. What a, lo- what a yeah. lovely way of putting it. It's about bullying and all its yeah. forms. It reminds because you know what else is funny though. And I was going to make a quip about that. You're mm. in a school. You're on a skateboard. I was going to say this sounds like an update of Rockstar's Bully. I mean, you're not the bully, though. No. But, although you are um, battering you're not the bully. You're not the bully and bully either. I was going to say, you're not the bully and bully, are yeah. you? Yeah, that's true. You can be. It sounds can, like yeah, be, but... a Steve Buscemi meme. Hey, hello, <laughs> fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is a bit, yeah. yeah. It is a bit. Except he then batters them over the head <laughs> yeah, with a <the> skateboard. Exactly. <laughs> and then just breaks their legs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's just a brilliant, brilliant game. And it's um, it's funny Better how than the going first back... One? Um, I think I put them Close. on par. I put them yeah. on. The other one's kind of a bit more pacey, maybe. It spends less time kind of, um, <laughs> well, going off on tangents in the school, I suppose. Okay. Sometimes okay. it does. It can leach the pace a little bit when you are in the school doing the different bits and bobs. Yes. Um, whereas the judgment, the first judgment felt a bit more focused, you know, uh-huh. to me. Okay. Okay. Um, but I, I still, I don't think it takes anything away from the overall experience. I still really loved it. And I think that environment of Ijincho, seeing it from a different perspective, um, they're, they're really good at that. Recycling Re- Recontextualising re- places. Yeah. Of, yeah. Reconfiguring, yeah. recontextualising it and making it mm. feel different enough. Um, it's the sort of thing that you could totally begrudge them, going, oh... <laughs> They've used the same bloody world, <laughs> the same again. setting again, Lazy yeah, bastards. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, it's it's great, and um, and it, I mean, it yeah. isn't not that, that, that. I mean, it's a great way to use assets if you've already built an environment. I mean, it is very handy that they can go, oh well, we'll load that one back up again. But it's just yeah. that they're also very good at going, ah, uh, yeah, okay, but what about you know? You sort of wonder, okay, but what was that like in the eighties? Though, yeah. how did how was money different then? You know, they, they are sort of quite good at that. It's Fair just enough. funny that. You know, you come to love that environment. I think you'd be upset if you couldn't go to Camarocho in the next <laughs> one. You'd be like, "Oh, yeah. what? No, I want to, I want to visit Camarocho," which is yeah, yeah mad. But For um, sure. there you go. For sure, lost judgment. Well, brilliant, 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 lost brilliant. Judgment. Mm. Love it. All right, uh, on to Matt from upstairs. Your fourth pick, please. My fourth pick is Psychonauts Two. Oof. It's a good Ooh, one. It's a goodie. I've yet to play this. I can't it's contribute It's a bloody goodie. All right. Yeah, well, I literally downloaded so, it two nights ago. Right, like, oh, it's before Christmas. <laughs> is this, this is oh, nice, nice, nice. You're all go on then, Matt. Give us the um, give us the give us the, the rundown. <laughs> give us the four one one, folks. <laughs> you just you're just all in for a bit of a treat because I oh I've played it. I should say, but yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, Josh. Well, so Josh, you're not. Dan and Rich are in for a bit of a treat. You know, you, you've had your treat and you'll be lucky if you get another. Um, but it's, I, I love a platformer. And Psychonauts 2 is first and foremost a 3D platformer. But it's the inventive levels which are which make it so good. The sort of yes. the dives into the innermost of people's brains. Um, and it... It it's just very clever, but it's also quite sensitive in terms of dealing with like mental health issues and stuff like that. Yes. And it deals with some really interesting ideas, but also the consequences of them. There's there's one level where you're you're inside someone's brain and you start connecting ideas together to try and 
get them to think your way, to get them to agree to a decision. But uh-huh. in doing so, you link unhealthy behaviours together by accident. And it's just meant as like a game mechanic. It's it's basically a grappling hook. You you grapple to one idea and then you grapple to another and it's played off as this interesting thing where, yeah, you're, you're linking thoughts together. I thought that was true. It reminded me a lot of uh, sort of like an Inception thing because it was yeah. like it was one character whose head, the instructor at the school, Hollis Forsyth, who you, you go into her mind and you have to convince her to go gambling. So you have to zip between these clouds and it's like money Eagles. and then you have to connect the risk. money cloud yeah. to good and then risk to it's okay. And then like it, it's a very, very clever... But I think Tim Schafer's always that, isn't he? But it's very, very good at... Ma- twinning the mechanics to its ideas yeah uh, but then you get the thing where you get to the end of the level and it's like it's all sort of been like oh you know we've linked the stuff together and then you have to deal with the fallout from it because she goes a bit she becomes a gambler essentially yeah. she and you go back inside her mind and everything's shifted and changed and it's now it, it what was a hospital because she used to be a doctor has now shifted to a casino with all the sort of the hospital stuff still there and yeah. it's it's super clever, but then you get absolutely chastised at the end for messing with someone's yes. brain, and it's it's and what for could, entering without permission, permission yeah, as which well. could have easily been played for laughs and not dealt with that at all, and probably would have gotten away with it. But it deals with these things in very sensitive ways, and it does that with all the sort of the mental health issues it it tackles, and with things like loneliness as well, and it's really fascinating insight into what. Yeah, what the insight? Because it, it, it's something that I said in my review. It sort of accepts that you know everyone's a little bit broken. Like no matter which brain you go inside, there's something that's you know a little bit off and stuff like that. And it's not you're not there to fix it or change them. You're just there to sort of healthily push them in the right direction and maybe lead them towards a conclusion. And it's a very sort of big thing to think about. And then that's paired with just some really excellent platforming and like clever ideas where each level has its own theming and it has its own gameplay mechanics. Um, it's just, it's just very, very good with that. It tells a really interesting story and it just pairs it all really nicely. You've got the levels inside the brains and then you've got these really nice big hub areas, which are more, you know, feel like those old sort of like Mario hubs, yeah, where you can sort of dart around, complete a few side quests, chat to people. It's rare to see a 3D platformer of this quality outside of saying, like Ratchet and Clank. But even that, that's more of an action game. This is so about the platforming. I mean, that's one of the, one of the areas where it falls down is the combat. It's almost a bit <laughs> yeah. unnecessary. It it it's there because it was there in the first game, but outside of that, the platforming is just excellent and it really challenges you to try out different things and you get the host of new abilities they've added in this game are, are very good at you know being slowly introduced over the course of the game really sort of pushing different ideas yeah it's just it's a really bloody good game i think it deals and with funny mental health too. yeah really funny and really great art design as well it takes that initial psychonauts you know that weird skewed art design that everything had that it looks like something you know from the from Cartoon Network in the early 2000s but with a t- yeah. bit of a Tim Burton spin on it um yeah. and yeah like you say yeah genuinely funny like it's very sharp script uh and yeah just a lot it's very smart but it's also got a lot of heart i just i just think it's 
fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a terrific game too. And a lot to live up to as well. Sixteen years after the original became a sort of cult classic, and you know, a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff. It had, it had to be good as a game whilst also living up to that. It's, I, I, it's probably not quite as good as the original for me, but that it doesn't really matter because it's also a lots of the stuff in the game is about what it means to be a sequel and about the weight of expectation and about what's changed between now and then. That it does sort of something that's really interesting in its own right. I thought so. I need to play would, those games. Yeah, it'd be a fan- yeah. oh yeah yeah hundred yeah. percent great yeah. great it's opening level as well. That one. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yes. It does the um. I I like yeah the the, the way that it maps people's kind of emotional uh sort of emotional pain and emotional sort of hopes and worries onto real terrain is uh is, yeah. is terrific it's a kind of there's silent hill 2 for kids yeah there's there's, there's really there's, there's, there's a box it's for, quote. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that is a great one but yeah there's, there's, yeah. The, there's little collectibles isn't there there's the uh the the vaults in people's minds yes. it's just collectible to find in from a gameplay perspective but every single one and like you go into the minds of regular people you also go into the minds of villains and stuff like that people who are sort of painted as being you know bad and evil and every single one has this little backstory that you can find if you go in there and it's always really dark yeah and really sad and it just you you watch it and you just go huh and it just leaves you to pause for a minute i think that's just <laughs> impressive in a game as funny and colorful as psychonauts 2 Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Excellent choice. Onwards to producer Dan. Uh, pick number four, please. Right. Now, this is where it gets tricky, because I've done it in order. It now means I'm choosing between <laughs> two games, and I honestly couldn't pick them apart. So the only reason I'm choosing this next game in this spot is because I'm not playing it still now. And that game... Um is Forza Horizon 5, which is Playground Games at their pinnacle. But, I mean, it's more of the same. So, I mean, it is a fantastic game, but the reason it misses out on the top spot, just for me, is because it's more of the same. There isn't anything truly kind of innovative about it. It's just a fantastic studio at the top of their game, just doing what they do best and what makes yeah. them great. And I think that is a fantastic reason to put Forza Horizon 5 right at the top. Not top, top, but Not right, right at up the top, there. No. <laughs> right right <laughs> up there the with the best One games down. of 2021. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I would agree. I, that, that was There was a sort of an element of... Uh, of not underwhelming. I, I, I thought Forza Horizon 5 Familiarity? was Familiarity? Familiarity. Well, I've been here before. Yeah. yeah, Not Mexico yes, necessarily, yes. but you've done I this think, stuff. I, I definitely think it is kind of like a. <clears throat> what we're going to do is give people Mexico. That's what we're going yeah. to do. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the main yeah. thing of yeah. this game. Um, because people already know, and we already know, that people love all of the other stuff. And for me, as wonderful as that was, uh, the I don't know that they'll ever. They'd they'd have to go some ways to do something that sort of stole four from my heart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I like the adventures. But that's the one thing I like that's different. Absolutely. But But the thing with this is Mm, right with with Forza Horizon that Mm. if it's ever in your country, 
it's always going to be your favourite Forza game. Yeah. So yeah. the Aussies are going, oh, Forza 3 is the best, mate. And uh, <laughs> the Mexicans are now going, Spot Forza 5. <laughs> it, was, it, it was just my yeah. um, <clears throat> English accent with a twang. Um, I think that's definitely part of it. I do, I, yeah, no, I agree. But I also think that there are just things in Forza Horizon 4 that don't really have anything to do with its Britishness necessarily. Um that just are just a sort of more witty and more clever. Like there's nothing in five that was as good as the Halo set piece. But I love Halo, so yeah, <laughs> there were some really good set pieces though. Like, that, I mean, yeah, that, were, that opening were. was was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Like yeah, 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 yeah. I like the opening. I actually prefer the opening on four again. It Do was you? such a weird one. Yeah, I really love that. You went through the seasons, one. right? It was the sea, mm. and that's what I loved uh, the seasons in four because Mexico is doesn't have to worry about the seasons because it's always sunny it then throws the storms at you and then the, the terrain changes you've know, got the volcano and there are still seasons in Forza Horizon 5 it's just yeah. that they've, they've gone to the traditional weekly seasons so unless you've been back since you won't have seen another season whereas ah, I see. with Forza Horizon 4 they built the campaign around it so you did an yeah. entire season and then it moved it like artificially move the season, whereas yeah, now it's the environment like, as well, right? Yeah, exactly. It changed, it changed the that, environment yeah. Yeah. in mm. a really organic way, as you say. Like as you were just going through the uh, the campaign, well, not the campaign, but the career, yeah. I suppose you'd call it. Like, yeah, you're right, and it really every it cut it up so nicely, and it was so beautifully paced. Well, it, well. it took the lake, didn't it, and turned it into an ice skating rink yeah, as well. Did, oh yeah. God, yeah, yeah. It's just like phenomenal. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I it's think not also as well <laughs> with this one. Isn't hasn't this one got fewer of those showcase events? There are four. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't remember they, being it, it, that. Well, I think four had only like five, maybe. I think it had five, and also it counts the the first one as one of them as well. Yeah, like yeah. the opening as one of them, so it kind of doesn't quite. Ha- it's kind of got three, but also like the, one of them, like in Forza Horizon Four, that was terrific. Was you when you race against the Flying Scotsman and it plays Grieg's Hall of the Mountain King? I mean, that's King. brilliant. And yeah. They kind of recycle that here. You, well, you race a freight train, so and it is it is it is different. Like it's a different thing. I do, it's kind of like I do feel yeah. like they've reached the end of like what the hell do we do now? We've done everything. I kind of agree with you. Where would you like it to go from here, setting wise? Fabled. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I said fable. That was a joke. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> I said the moon. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, Luna. I, but I genuinely couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you where I wanted to go now because everyone's saying Japan would be amazing. Oh, Japan been, would be amazing. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. yeah, that's sort of the hot one. Everyone kind of wants because they have an amazing like rally culture in Japan as well. And also, you could do the um, mists and the trees and the forests. Imagine like the blossoms and the, oh, the, the yeah. Sort of yeah. About a, um, yeah. What about a Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift thing? And that you'd have the city environment yeah. of Tokyo, but you'd also have an environment that was made up of islands, which is inherently oh, cool. Oh, nice. That would yeah. Be cool. Are they, yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, they have to do that next. <laughs> but I mean, I do <laughs> yeah. feel like. Forza Horizon 5 was a fantastic video game. Oh, yeah. I do feel like the franchise is peaking. Like, a little bit. I'm not a little bit. This sure is, yeah. where it's going to go from here. But that's For not sure. a bad thing. Oh, no, this game's no. as good as it's ever been, guys. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> it feels like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, peaking is the right word. Like, for me, this was ever so slightly not as good as 4, but you could put oh, them both see. up there I think and it say. Was as good as 4. You could you could easily say four and five. You yeah. know, if someone said where was Forza Horizon at its peak, you could very easily go oh four and five. Yeah, I think sure. it's interesting to have a to have a series where you can be like, oh, I want to buy the four year old 
version of this game. I'm still yeah. going to adjust for the because the setting's different, and you're not necessarily losing out on anything. No, well, that's where we've that. got in terms of visuals, right? Because Forza Horizon Five was phenomenal, uh, yeah. and yeah. Forza Horizon Four was phenomenal. Like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. Yeah, because of um, the Xbox's uh, lovely making old things look better <laughs> um, I was lo- I'd loaded up Forza Horizon 4 as I was reviewing 5 and it closed the gap amazingly it was almost like I was just playing the same game but but you know in England yeah. so in terms of the mm-hmm. visuals it was, it was amazing well, it's, it's, it's like but, yeah. choosing a track now isn't it I want to go and race on this track I want to go and race yeah. around England I'll boot a Forza Horizon 4 <laughs> can I just um, add that there's Scotland in Forza Horizon 4 as well yeah I never go that north though Rich bloody I hell. do not uh, no. the, the UK <laughs> I stop on the Border. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, right, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Forza good Horizon shit, 5. good shit, good shit. Bloody good shit. Mm. Uh, I'm going to do. Uh, well, you've, what are gonna do? you've only got one left, haven't you? No. Uh, have I? No, Josh's got two. Has he? Yeah, but one of them's. Yeah, well, that was Dan's fourth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's your because fourth now. Rich started, right? <laughs> I did yeah, start. Rich started. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I thought you started. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to go. And this is another one that was a bit like Mundown. Uh, that I just couldn't shake and I thought it was terrific it's uh, Chicory A Colourful Tale uh, which came out it, it was in the news just the other day because I think it's just been it's just uh, hit Switch yeah for the Switch which is kind of interesting um, this was excellent this is a game by uh, a tiny little studio and the studio is just it's just people's first names I couldn't even remember the name of the studio the studio is called something like Sarah, Paul, John, Amy, or something like that. It's like it's like a really small team that made it. Um, apologies, I've probably gotten every single one of those names wrong just now, but there you go. Um, but the crux so. of the game is that you play a little dog, so great already. Yeah. Um, you put in your favourite kind of food. Uh, pizza's not my favourite kind of food, but I chose it because it was easy and because I wanted to start the game instead of thinking <laughs> about what food that I wanted. And I then regretted it because, in actual fact... When you put in your favourite food, that is also your character's name. And I did not know that, so everyone called me pizza for the rest of the game. <laughs> I mean, that's um, great. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that is, I should have known, actually, because the game is called Chicory, which is a food, uh, what would you call chicory? A condiment? A, 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 a spice? A sweet Can't you thing? make a drink out of it? Yeah. Anyway, um, chicory is the name of a you. rabbit. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and chicory wields a sort of magic brush, uh, which gives the world colour. Um, mm. Only Chicory has a sort of crisis, um, a, a kind of sense of um, that she isn't her self worth takes a hit, and she thinks that she's a bit of an imposter, and she doesn't really know who she is, and she feels like the brush has kind of everyone calls her the wielder, and she sort of feels like th- th- there's so much pressure, she sort of starts to feel that kind of eroding away at her, and so she refuses the brush. And do you, you want a um, as- do you want a definition of Chicory? Oh, go on. <laughs> Common chicory is a somewhat woody, perennial herbaceous plant of the daisy family Asteraceae, usually with bright blue flowers, rarely white or pink. In the 21st century, inulin, an extract from chicory root, has been used in food manufacturing as a sweetener and Rich, source of dietary fibre. this is like a two-hour podcast, mate. We're going to have two <laughs> hours on chicory. Josh, mate, I had no they idea you got Stephen Fry on the podcast. Oh, my God. Guys, <laughs> you've got a definition of, of chicory. What, what more factoid, do you want? The factoid yeah, checker. Fun fact. Um, so you then pick up the brush, uh, and it's now up to you. The world is drained of its colour. It's black and white. Uh, and mm. it's up to you to fill it back in. Or... Not, and this is the amazing thing. You have a top-down 
old-fashioned Zelda adventure, effectively, uh, where you go from town to town, and there's little NPCs, there's all sorts of side quests, there's dungeons with puzzles and bosses, really, really good bosses that you oh, beat I did in not know. Oh, wow. ways. Um, it's kind of an homage to Link to the Past in a way, in a kind of obvious way, but then it's also uh, completely its, its own thing. It's, it, and it also doesn't not pay homage to Okami because with its with its subject yeah. matter you can't not pay homage to Okami but then again Okami is nothing if not an homage to the Legend of Zelda so it all is somewhat circular the real brilliant thing was that it made me feel like I was on the N64 again because you move Chicory with the left analog stick <clears throat> and the painting is done with the touchpad on the I played on PlayStation 5 it's oh, also out on PlayStation okay. 4 that explains why use, it's not on Xbox Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You mm. use your thumb on the touchpad um, as you're going to separately <laughs> control the paint. So you can colour in the grass, you can colour in the sky, the tra- any colours, like, you can pick your colour. And there are little NPCs, like one of them will run a donut shop and they're like, there's no sprinkles on my donut. My donut's just black and white and it doesn't taste of anything. So you can put some pink frosting on there. You can, you know, all that sort of stuff and you get little rewards. And then the bosses, like you'll fight like a huge scorpion thing with a big bloodshot eye, put paint in its eye and it sort of <laughs> freaks out. And it's, it's really, really clever. And it's, and it's quite, it reminds me of that middle analog stick on the N64 in, really, in a really beautiful way. Um, <clears throat> Cause you're just running around and you can just stop for a minute and just think, oh, I'm just in a new town. I'm going to spend five, ten minutes colouring this in really beautifully because you can like zoom in for this like mad detail, change your brush like width and everything. Or, and this is a really cool thing, you don't you don't have to like like that is not. And the game is about the fact that you may not want to because underneath all of this stuff, there's actually a really really clever subtext that is about well you're not the one that was destined and there are people who are very disapproving of you having the brush they say you're not the wielder which is a obviously you know a pretty pretty direct call back to link and the triforce but they say you're not the wielder you're not destined to wield the brush it's an incredible responsibility we don't trust you with it you're going to fuck this up <laughs> and you know chicory basically <clears throat> is freaking out and it falls to you, and you can shirk your responsibility. You can just play the game. You can spend hours and colour the entire world in if you want to. You can be a wielder. <clears throat> um, and, and, that, and I think that's what it does that really, really elevates it. It, it becomes almost... It does something that Okami, uh, as much as I love Okami, didn't manage to do, which is to say, uh, I'm not just going to hold up... Um, the Legend of Zelda and praise it and pay homage to it like everyone does and, and can't really avoid doing it if you're in that genre but I'm also going to dissect it I'm also going to say something interesting um, about that uh, and about regular people and whether or not whether or not the role of or of destiny or fate even comes into it because it's just a choice that you make and also the really fucking negative effects of that i mean you know chicory is depressed and having a crisis of conscience and it's it's just a fascinating thing and these are all by the way you know these are all little fucking raccoon you're rolling into a town these are all <laughs> cute little characters you don't really see this coming uh, and you, you're just sort of blindsided by it and kind of devastated um i i thought it was terrific um 
quite 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 happy to have this on the list and i was intrigued i don't as much as i kind of want to see what it's like on switch i can't it's almost like the touchscreen would be too much it'd actually be like no i don't i kind of yeah. want the, the amazing sensation of because honestly when you flick your thumb it's kind of just as gloriously precise as it's like you're flicking paint whereas if you have a touchscreen it's like it'd be too exact it has to work but i do the, want to try it it has to work with the controller as well though surely because obviously docked play and stuff like that so oh for sure yeah maybe for sure right yeah, analog yeah. stick or whatever i'll tell you what josh i've heard nothing but good things about this game previously but this hearing you talk about that is the first time that i've really wanted to play it i don't like oh there you go that's yeah i'm i'm fully on board now i need to get i, need I, to I think you'd up. really i think i would advise it to, to everyone here to play but I, and i think you as a sort of zelda head would get would it would certainly yeah, appreciate it's, it a lot. it's on the list now Excellent. Right, it's about that time. We're getting down <clears throat> to the really, really hot ones. Oh, hot stuff. Hot I'm stuff coming, coming through. through. <laughs> <laughs> and his name Back is Richard around. Walker. It's yeah. Richmond Walker. Yeah, we work hard, we play hard, yeah. uh, and this is this is Rich's uh, yeah. Rich's game of the year. Uh, give it to us, Rich. Um, it should come as no surprise that <laughs> my game of the year. Is death loop? Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, and fair enough to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Loopy death. I love the loopy death. Um, loopy death. All of the deaths looping. Uh, was exactly. <laughs> they loop a lot. They do yeah. loop a lot. Yeah. Looping the deaths was my favourite thing this year. Um, <laughs> it's starting to sound like you've not played Deathloop, Rich. <laughs> yeah, he, has, he actually just winged the review. Oh, the no, rumble. <laughs> Shit, I didn't want it to come out there's, like this. There's death and there's loop. And, uh... Oh, loops, forget <laughs> about it. Yeah, You can't you move the loops in that loops. <laughs> But not any loop, death loops. Not yeah. living loops. You've got, oh. It's got death, it's got loops, it's death loop. Yeah, um, fair yes, play. It's, it's excellent. Um, and I didn't think I'd like this game because... It sounded a bit roguelikey to me, and I'm not a big fan of roguelikes generally. Yeah. Um, but it works um, because the roguelikey elements are kind of sanded off a bit to be a bit more accessible and you know for sure gentle. So yeah. you know you can keep stuff by absorbing this residium uh, resource from yeah. the the targets you kill. Yeah, which preserves it over the loops. Yeah, exactly. So between loops, you keep stuff and you get more powerful and, and you learn new things yeah. and you have new strategies and approaches and just the structure of the game and Arcane Studios' expertise in crafting great worlds and great sandboxes. It all just culminates beautifully in this lovely lovely package, this murder puzzle, as they call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't think of a more apt description than that murder puzzle I mean, it's it is brilliant it encapsulates what it is <laughs> yeah um, did you have to take yeah, any of... like real world notes for it at all or anything yeah do you know what's weird so that is a thing that I totally did so I'd, I'd jot down like where certain targets were going to be at one time and like the, there are opportunities where you can get two together at once and because the object if you haven't played it obviously is to dispatch all eight of these targets called the visionaries Within a single twenty-four hour loop, um, yeah, to break the cycle, kind of thing, and it's actually it's it's quite difficult. It's quite challenging, but with each loop, you're learning something. No loop is kind of wasted. You're always doing something, learning something. Even if you die, like you'll have probably achieved something. You know, 
uh, like found out a new little shortcut, a new little route. You might have found a new tool or something. Um, you might have learned something about a routine of a, a certain target where they're going to be at a certain time. Um, yeah, it's just fantastic. And it's a little bit like sort of Hitman in that sense, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's so kind of a murder puzzle in itself, I suppose. That's true. That's true. And each time you go back, you know, switching between day and night, the map changes and different patrol routes of enemies, you know, switch up and new yeah. things come to light and it's just it's just a really smart game. It's just it's one of the things I loved about Deathloop. And also by the way, much like you and possibly even more so mm-hmm. um uh, because I <clears throat> for, for uh, I, I'll get bloody crucified for this, but Uh-oh. I can never really bring myself. I don't. Lo- I always admire Dishonored from a sort of good distance. I always think, oh god, that's a clever game. But I very rarely actually want to sit down and play Dishonored. Oh, I don't. I don't man. find them quite difficult to love those games. Oh, Whereas I Prey, I absolutely loved. That's strange. Um, yeah, well, it was more like Bioshock somehow. It, right. it, and also Prey, in Closer to Deathloop, seemed to promote combat much more, which is weird because you can do combat in Dishonored, but it absolutely. always feels like the game's frowning on me. See, that, yeah, that's it does, the, the, it? Well, this is the thing, right? The way to play Arcane's games is to play it your way the first time. So Dishonored, I played just total chaos. <laughs> and then the second time, it's fun to then challenge yourself to do the stealth run with no kills and stuff. But I do, I, yeah, I agree. But I do think that Deathloop did pr- probably the best, along with Prey, uh, actually, because Prey was was it never really set out its stall completely as a stealth game. But yeah. Deathloop was the most successful arcane game I felt, and actually just making me feel good for doing that. Because with Dishonored, it's so because the world goes all horrible and fucked. And like mm. it gets, it can get quite difficult, and also just because the combat mechanics aren't quite there like they are in Deathloop, it always sort of feels like they they kind of kind of want me to be more stealthy. You know, so, kind of rewarded a little more for yeah. stealth too. Whereas in Deathloop, it's great because it's like, well, Do I don't you feel want. guilty about killing yeah, the enemies because exactly. the the enemies respawn. Yeah. And it's you your know. approach, you know. You're not forced into any kind of way of doing things. It's entirely yeah. your, you know, player agency. As the the For phrase sure. the buzz phrase goes, yeah, it's yeah. got it's got all that player agency, mate. You can do what you want. <laughs> um, th- there are no wrong answers. There's no right There's or no wrong. wrong. Well, we'll tell you we'll tell you the wrong ones after. Yeah, but, yeah. The uh, yeah, and also the guns are tasty. The shooting's tasty. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Are there any good kick, any good powers or anything? People. Yeah, the powers are awesome. So they're they're kind of cribbed from Dishonored, actually. All you need so, is blink, right? Yeah, so like the blink, the little teleport move. I can't remember what it's called now off the top of my head. Oh yeah, like like yeah. And then the, oh, it's got the, a funny name. The Nexus yeah, it's like one zap or dash or something. Can, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Then there's that one where you can link them all together, shoot one, oh, and I love kills them all one. in one go. Domino or whatever. It's yeah, called. yeah. yeah. It's, it's really cool. I don't even care that they've been borrowed from Dishonored because well, they, they so work good. really well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you got uh, who the says it's not a and stuff. Dishonored game? Do you know what I mean? Could Ooh, be in the same yeah. universe, in the same world, years later. Yeah, could be, maybe, could be, yeah. could be. Many years on, yeah, yeah. Well, it's got that, yeah. such great art design as well. I love that sixty oh style. God, but the... Those Ken Adam style Bondian sets, yeah. that sixties vibe. It's it's just yeah. great, and that's that kind of one cool round. music as well. Yeah, it's got a Bond yeah. theme, doesn't it? Essentially, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it but does. it's got even yeah. it's just it's sort of ambient music. Those little sort of um, 
twangy <laughs> guitar <laughs> strums. Yeah, lovely stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, also, really lovely uh, conversations between uh, the Juliana and Colt. And yeah. Colt and Juliana, the sort of yeah. main antagonist. I love that frisson between yeah. them. Yeah, it's it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. No, I can't yeah. fault it. It's it's you know it's one that you might sort of dabble with and think ah this isn't for me and that's sort of a shame. I I feel like it deserves you know time investment and getting into it and learning its intricacies and nuances because yeah, sure. it's it's brilliant. <laughs> it's a rewarding game and it's definitely um yeah I think it's a worthy game of the year winner for me. Um, yeah, one is one that resonated with me the most. Really stood out for me. It's something unique and clever as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, and it felt to me like Arcane were sort of like it. It almost feels like because they kind of want you to replay their games again. Like they make games that have intricate, le- a bit like Hitman. Again, it's like we kind of want you to play this more than once and we want yeah. you to learn where the cool things are. Mm-hmm. So it sort of felt like they made Deathloop as a way of going, okay, we're, we're fed up of you not doing that. We're actually going <laughs> to make the game a time loop. So you have to. Um, it's funny as well because <laughs> it could have been so easily have been just kind of boring and formulaic because you are just looping and doing the same thing over and over again. But those environments yeah. are so well designed. I fell in love with it, man. I, I yeah. was really not, like, for whatever reason, it wasn't, I, I wasn't gearing up to dislike it. I just thought, I just could not get excited for Deathloop. I don't know why. Mm. I think and they like showed 50... it off too much. Like, it was on That's every probably, presentation, yeah. well, you know wasn't it, for ages. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. sort of got the sense that they might have been worried that people didn't really understand what it was. Yeah. It so felt they like were that, trying to really overshare and go, look, this is what it is. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. usually yeah, based you're, on... You're right. Maybe that... Sorry? That's usually based on focus groups as well. Well, yeah, They probably exactly. had people play test it and go, wait, I don't understand this. And then I go, yeah. okay, if that's yeah, what yeah, one yeah. person's thinking, then we really need to drive home what this game is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Which is probably why sure. everybody knows it's a roguelike now <laughs> and how it works. Yeah. I do. Yeah, it's also, in, in by the, the way, most... shout out to the multiplayer, which is terrific. Yes, yeah. So having uh, Juliana invade your game or you, you can inv- invade someone's game and ruin their loot. Which me and you did a couple of times and it works really well. Yeah, let's not mention that. <laughs> you can get a bit nasty in yeah. the uh, multiplayer for Deathloop. But no, I fell in love with that uh, art design very, very quickly. Yeah. It's like swinging 60s almost to the point of spy-fi, like Austin Powers mm. shit, mixed with, like, Ken Adam, James Bond sets, yeah. mixed with the sort of bleak, dishonoured edge to it. It's f- unbelievable, really. Well, just... Uh, Arcane are just masters of that kind of uh, unique art design that really few other studios really manage to create stuff that stands out so much and is so distinct. Do you reckon that's the yeah. first and only time an Xbox studio will win Game of the Year for a PlayStation exclusive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. It's crazy. Probably. That. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. We will never um, see that again in our lifetimes. No, I, ever. Yeah, it's probably ever. still Ghostwire Tokyo. That, that could... Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking not. forward to it coming to Xbox now just so I can do it all over again, you know? I've still not um, played it. I'll wait till it comes on Xbox. Like, it'll be oh, a Game Pass on it as well. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Fantastic. No, a fantastic game. Although, Brilliant again, stuff. like, 
it won't have the controller stuff, and that's kind of a big thing. Yeah, that's true. Because I thought it was used really well in that game. The nail gun on yes. the dual sense is when you be sort of pause the nails in and they sort of tinkle through mm. the chamber, and then the triggers it sort of tenses up um, the gas. Yeah. Hey, I can't be asked with any of that shit. I just want to press the trigger <laughs> and a gun shoots. You've been like that since well, day one, though, Dan. Too. Oh, it's just so <laughs> annoying. I've had to turn it off in so many games. I've had to turn oh, it, it off in Demon's really, Souls. It does work really nah, well in Deathloop. I of all the games I've, I've played it with, I'd say Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Deathloop and Astro's Playroom, I think. So all the those, exclusives. Those games really... Basically, yeah. yeah. And and also, I'd, yeah, I'd add into that Returnal. I was going to... Yeah, I was going to say that, terrific. but that'll, that'll, yeah. that'll come up. Will, yeah. will it? Will it? Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Are we talking about that? Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah, anyway, uh, onwards to... Uh, well, this is, this is yeah, I guess this is Matt's and mine. It's the only overlap on any of our lists, weirdly. Which makes uh, it the mm, game of the year. We this. Right? No. It's, kind of, it's kind of like... Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Like, we didn't have to, like, wrangle anything to not... Get, I just asked you guys for your things. I just got, like... Just five, like three different lists of five. It's kind of perfect, really. There's just one overlap. But yeah, Matt, game of the year, please. Yeah, I, yeah, Returnal. It's it's by far <laughs> and away my game of the year. I thought. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of death in it, and uh, and you loop round. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh oh. <laughs> uh, and you you return eternally. Um, yeah. No, it's it's yeah. utterly fantastic. So this is House Mark. Uh, or as I was incorrectly calling them for most of my life, House Marquee. Oh, uh, yes. There's <laughs> always one. Who obviously House Mark are, uh, are fairly well known for their you know arcade shooters. Uh, I, I know them best for Resogun because that was one of the first PS Plus games. I think a lot of people got oh, on board yeah. with yeah, Resogun. Yeah. You know, early days Wasn't of the PS4. It the first. PS I think it game. might have been the first. Yeah, I always get confused. I think it launched with the PS4. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, I think it did. So it was it was that game when if you could only afford one, you know, disc game, you also had Resogun for PS Plus, and I played so much of that, and that's a fantastic game. And they've done lots of arcade shooters since, but this is the first time they've gone. You know what? We're turning this up. We're turning this into what, at the very least, looks like a AAA experience. The sort of thing that. Sony can sell as you know a third-person action game, and my God, is it brilliant! A game should not be able to combine like fast-paced action and real slow-burn sort of horror and tension as well as Returnal does. Like the two, the two sides of that coin shouldn't match up as well as Returnal makes them do. And you've got on one side, you do have you've got the combat, which is this incredibly sort of like fast-paced shooting, very sci-fi, lots of. Uh, very arcadey in terms of you know enemies who are by all accounts natural beings are firing you know perfect columns of uh, of projectiles at you or perfect cubes and it mm. has that real classic house mark feel to it in that sense but at the same time you know they've got these flipping tentacles and you're surrounded in a 3d space and it's just so tight each gun yeah. there's only a few guns in the game a few weapons in the game and each one feels so good to use and each one is so unique in terms of its its use set its use case and its move set and it just plays so well i mean it also has an active reload which why are not enough games doing that these days like <laughs> and it, it it's yeah it's brilliant in that sense and it combines that with you know amazing boss fights but like like death it's got that roguelike element you die and you go 
right back to the beginning. And, I mean, in a game that has six stages, essentially, Returnal, you can get to stage three and you die and you head back to stage one. And I normally despise that. But it is so well woven into the story that Returnal is telling. Yeah. That it's just excellent. And it doesn't necessarily boil down to that. It makes it sound worse than it is. As soon as you complete one stage, there's a shortcut. You don't need to fight the boss again. And you can sprint straight there if you really want to. But then there's the sort of the push-pull, the risk-reward. Should I go around, you know, into all the optional areas of this this procedurally generated map and Mm. find all the extras, find all the gun upgrades, find all the health upgrades to set myself up better for my next run. Yes. Yeah. And it, it <clears throat> yeah, to really kind of get like a, a really sweet mix of the variable of the sort of buffs. Yeah, and that's that's and, sort uh, of what you, you if when you're starting to get to know that it's like you get onto the third biome and you start to get to know that you don't want to be spending so much time in the first two biomes because then you might die immediately. But once you start to get a feel and start to get there and it combines that with just some of the most incredible sound design of any game I've ever played. I I played Returnal by myself over a weekend. There was no one else in the house and it was deeply unsettling. Like it it <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds alien and oh yeah, for sure. I've never really understood like that other games haven't done that as well until I played Returnal. The 3D audio in Returnal was phenomenal. Yeah, it it was um, like absolutely ridiculous. There's always something sort of like hissing or scratching just at the back of your ear, essentially. Yeah. Like it almost feels like these sounds are like just clawing at the back of your brain, and it's yeah, it's di- it actually helps you locate things. It d- as well. it does, and it, it it works for the action as well as the the tension, uh, and it combines that with the dual sense as well. And I've that's the weirdest thing about Returnal is that every time I talk about the audio in Returnal, I also talk about the haptic feedback, which technically well, isn't it works audio. So well together, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. But it's partnered with that in such a way that it's just incredible, and it draws you into that world. I, I, I've said before, outside of VR games, I've never been this immersed in like yeah, a sure. play session in the game, and it's the point where like when I turn off the PlayStation and set down the controller, I just sat there, and my heart is. Going, <laughs> just raising. Yeah, yeah and I, yeah, it takes me a while sure. to sort of like settle back into like where am I? I'm at home. I'm in my house. Like, there's like a sort of a, a debriefing <laughs> session inside yeah, my yeah, own head. Cool down. Yeah. Like, I, I need to. I need to take myself out. Yeah, I. I, I have to say, I played it. I've got, got to I've sort of turn my sound bar up quite high, and I put the the 3D on, and it was like the haptics the the when it rains in that game in the crash site yeah. the way that it sort of pricks your fingers and palms it is it's just mad like but also what's funny uh, is that, well one of the reasons it feels so lovely as a shooter is that it's mechanically very satisfying i do i i, I do just think haptic feedback is is just very very nice it's just like oh that feels good when, especially if you've got like a, something like a shotgun right and you just give it a big blast yeah. it just feels really nice but it's what's also really interesting about it um, is that beyond any kind of uh, immersion or 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 sense of oh that was cool what just happened? Um, it also demonstrated how it's very very useful for functionality um, because it if if the if they want to they can turn that controller into effectively like a GameCube trigger where 
an actual half press. So like if you if you pull the left trigger, it stops halfway. You have a, and that's how you aim your weapon. And then you have the choice to crunch it all the way inwards to activate your secondary fire. And it's quite a thing to wrap your head. Up. It's like a we- it's a weird thing. It takes a little bit of time um, to because you obviously to sort of yeah. Like Dan, I said earlier, you, your instinct is just to wham your finger on the trigger all the way. But that activates <laughs> your your secondary fire. You, your second fire gun. Yeah. And when it clicks and you're just sort of light on the controller and you just and, and everything is just liquid and responsive and fast, it feels and this is what made me so happy about Returnal, and I think it speaks to so much about where Sony is at the moment and where the PlayStation is at the moment. I remember one of the one of the best games that I've played in the last few years and a game that it, I was always very sad that it that it got overlooked as much as it did, but it was Next Machina. Yeah. And it was mm. how it was Housemark's game on the on the PS4. And of course everyone remembers Resogun and they <clears throat> remember it for the PlayStation Plus and for the fact that it launched with the PS4. And Next Machina had the um terrible 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 luck of of coming out in 2017 which is one of the best years in recent memory for for video games and so no wonder it got overlooked and of course that led to the famous housemark blog post you know arcade is dead um Mm. next machina was very 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 well received critically but it it didn't it didn't set the world alight in terms of sales and what made me so happy about returnal was that after sony had acquired them they effectively said well, we're going to give you a reprieve. We're going to find a way for you to get for you to make sure that the arcade not only is still alive, but we're going to give you the money and the resources to put it into something very special indeed. So you're doing these ridiculous fights, and it's this bullet hell. It's classic shmup. You, but then all of a sudden, you're in you're in the realm of of really really quite subtle and clever science fiction, and a really really compelling story. I Man, you, you sort of talk about. Um, uh, how it works with the loops, and it—it's one of the few games like that I've played because I'm not a big fan of uh, sort of rogue light or rogue leaning games. <clears throat> but it's one of the few I've played where I've actually looked forward to death. Yeah. Um, where I've thought, oh, actually, on the next loop, I'm going to see the house again, and I'm really excited for that. And without going into spoiler territories, that there, there are very, very surreal and strange things that happen here, and in certain moments in the game it turns into a sort of gone home style walking simulator for a little bit you sort of find out a little bit about Celine, a little bit about why she's here a bit about her history and her life um and the idea that those two things are fused together that production and that storytelling that's come from a studio a really really specialized and talented studio that works to such a small niche making games that pay homage to Eugene Jarvis to games like Robotron uh, you know really old games from the 1980 arcade classics but then says yeah but it's also one of the most beautiful games you've seen this year and we're going to tell a story like this is a triple a yeah. it may not i mean it, you know I, that's not a terribly helpful term all of the time <laughs> but that yeah. but the production is just phenomenal mm. and like you I, I I just I had to cool down after playing it, and I came away just thinking, um, what an amazing thing that that is so sort of clearly and comfortably my game of the year, and it's come from Housemark. Yeah, 
House it's marquee. come from such a taste for house marquee <laughs> and it's <just laughs> such a tastefully chosen studio and i just think mm. oh man that's just sublime i've i've not played anything quite like it in a year that also had death loop it has somehow managed to be the best time looping game of the year uh, and i i yeah i ca- cannot recommend it enough i, See, I think it was it's a phenomenal yeah, achievement it's, oh, it's incredible oh. It, it drives me a little bit potty, you guys, sort of rhapsodising so much about Returnal, because I'm still in two minds about whether I should get this game, and when I hear you guys bigging it up so much like this, yeah, it sounds incredible, but Rich, I just... Rich, don't you get said it. to me... Yeah, see, this is it. Matt said the you thing, won't like the it, thing we've, The thing that me and Josh haven't mentioned here, I guess, is that yeah. it's fairly difficult. It's now, very I, difficult. It's not I, fairly difficult. But you say that, but I didn't. I, I didn't find it that difficult. Oh, I was a me. bit surprised. Oh, me. That's so good. I was a bit, but, <laughs> but I, I, I knew it wasn't. It was difficult. I did struggle at times, and like obviously, when you're uh, playing a game for a review with an embargo, yeah, a game like that can be quite concerning when you think you might hit a brick wall. But I never, oh, for sure, I never yeah. hit a really big brick wall, and it was only after launch no. when you know a lot of people were playing it. But I do, I, I also play a lot of Dark Souls games. I, I play a lot of a lot of games that are considered yeah. to be difficult, and yeah. they're the games that Rich has classically bounced off of exactly. as well. well but is, I would, I would also thing. very, very quickly add in there: we are nowhere near. Dark Souls difficulty here. We're in the realm of shmups. We're in the realm of like Probotector and old school shmups. Blazing Crow. It's not. It's mm. not that kind of difficulty. No, I th- I and think for it me, is. it's not that level of difficulty. Personally, but, I think it is. I think this, this more is the problem I have. It's this discourse that we're having right now. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm like, what do I do then? <laughs> I, th- I think in a Dark Souls game that you have more time to react. Whereas in this, it's it's very much a twitch game that you you move in twitching left, twitching right, avoiding there projectiles. Few... You dash in you, like it's a combination game. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, but it's punishment. I mean, t- you know, timing is one aspect of it, but you're also not going to get one tap yeah. by anything. So I no, say but the... you, you don't have health kits, right? Or you do, but they're few and far between. Yeah, and no, you can get quite a lot. You can get quite I mean, a you lot can, if you get add-ons. You can get up to like five of them at a time. They get heals and stuff. There's yeah. there's there's some really interesting stuff with Returnal. I, I will say the boss fights are phenomenal in Returnal. They are well. they are yeah. The, in a year that was really good for boss yeah, fights, by the way, they're they're real set pieces, and that's where the because I've talked about the audio, but it's all I've talked mostly about the sound design, but the actual music is really incredible and alien and sci-fi as well, and. So those boss fights are where the music really shines the most because it's oh man it's yeah but yeah it's it's I think this is the stru- the struggle with Returnal as well is that as much as I'm pleased that it's been backed by you know Sony and PlayStation and it's had this big marketing push that also means that it's ended up as a seventy quid game and it feels like a <laughs> to someone like yeah, Rich yeah. it feels like a harder recommendation. And like yeah, while it's sure. my game of the year, when you know I've got more casual friends who you know have picked up a PS5 and stuff like that, and if they ask me what to pick up, I tend to go to something like Ratchet and Clank first because I don't want them to spend seventy quid on Returnal and not be able to get past <laughs> and, and not love around it. Yeah. Go, thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thanks for the shit <laughs> recommendation, mate. Because <laughs> I I know that I know yeah. So like someone who maybe doesn't play a lot of like you know fast paced third person shooters like that might get stuck and that's the struggle i have if this was like a 40 quid game i would be like oh yeah yeah like bite their hand off take that now and there is that weird thing of being like you don't know if you're going to enjoy it until you play it but yeah yeah, for me 
far and away the best game I played this year. One of the best games that I've ever played. Like, Whoa, yeah, I've, I've settle really down. No, it's, it's, I'd put, settle I'd put it down. Hard, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I'll I, 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 I would have it. It'd be, yeah, wait for, wait for it to go on sale Rich. or something. Rich, Finish or Sekiro or get it and Metroid Dread first, and then think about it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Metroid uh, Dread. <laughs> okay, that's never going to happen, all right. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd, I think it was, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, absolutely mm. a very, very easy pick this year. But anyway, we are not done. No. Because producer Dan has been sneakily hoarding his game of the year in the corner, letting, <laughs> not letting Shenmue us know, chopping and changing. He's only gone and played Shenmue 3, and guess what? <laughs> He's done a complete 180. Dan, tell them. Um, so, my game of the year for 2021 is Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> the updates have made it good They've now. patched it. Oh, they've patched it. <laughs> uh, no, it is, of course, the one and only Halo Infinite. But can I just put a disclaimer as well? Like, this is not the campaign. The campaign is okay. It's all right. It's passable. <laughs> this is about the multiplayer. The multiplayer is just the best it's probably ever been. It's like the minute to minute gameplay is phenomenal. It's just so tight. The The map design is like, it's, there's no iconic maps like Lockout from Halo 2 and things like that. But. The actual map design not is yet just anyway. no, not, not yet. yet anyway. But the, the map design is yeah. just—it's phenomenal. Like everything is thought about, about like every nook and cranny, about whether you've got oddball and good places to hide oddballs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you've got routes for flags, and you've got like sight lines when you're firing and stuff like that. I feel like every map has just been kind of handcrafted, and then you've got the weapons, and everything just feels super tight. It's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and also like uh, an absolute tonic for people, uh, people like me, and uh, and I think people like a pe- probably a lot of people out there who uh, go into a lot of online games and fairly like I, I'll often have the experience of going into a new like online shooter and uh, liking it. For, you know, I I enjoyed COD Vanguard this year. Mate, we cleaned up. We cleaned up. We, in we did. A, we, you know what? That was good stuff. Mm. But there was a sensation when I went into Halo Infinite where it was it was good because of what it stripped away. Uh, it's like I didn't get killed because someone had a dumb perk. You know, someone didn't conjure an yeah. attack helicopter to absolutely <laughs> batter us, right? And also, I'm not suspicious that that guy had a customised gun because he's prestiged three times and possibly spent some money and he has a really, really good gun that I don't have. It's just assault rifle, grenades, handgun. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and there's something about that stripping away where you can just win. You, like, like it's quite mad. I, I don't really know how they've done it. But it's, it's just the Halo quite way, confidently right? heading into games with that sense of balance going, if I get the right weapon at the right time when it appears, I can turn the tide in this match yeah. and I'm not that great at it, but I well, can do yeah. that. It is the Halo way. That's phenomenal. And you go back... There's also a little threat of being one-tapped as well. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Like, it, this is the yeah. Halo way. And you go back as early as like Halo 2, where it was kind of absolutely perfect if you think about any other multiplayer game in the history of multiplayer games there aren't many that where every time you start a map you have an objective of like 
other than the objectives like capture the flag or pick up the oddball you've got let's control the power weapons let's control the the overshield the cloak like you actually have sub objectives that help you control the match yeah. and everybody's going in with a level playing field and what wins you games is skill and technique and strategy and that is it. Not your fucking loadouts or how long you've spent playing the game, like you said. It's all about how you approach the game. And like, uh, I mean, those things help. Don't get me wrong. You can still get absolutely battered into the dust oh, by someone who is yeah, just for very sure. good. Yes. But but yeah, I I yeah, for, no, I I totally get what you're saying. But because like in Call of Duty as well, for example, let's just take cut. Like whoever shoots first usually wins. Yeah. In Halo, it's not like that. And what they've done here is the time to kill is spot on, meaning that you can reverse the fight. You can you can kind of juke someone. Like the favorite thing that I've been watching people do on Twitch recently is they'll run around the corner, they'll stop, and they know the person behind them's che- like following them. And then as they're watching the radar, as they come around the corner, they jump up and backwards and land behind them and then hit them in the back. And they get the ninja medal and it's just phenomenal <laughs> to see the strategy that people kind of like employ to get I, I guess in a, a tiny little advantage for that one little section, that one little life. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. it's the one game where teamwork is like more important than any other game. Yeah, coming ac- also, you can come up against a team of four people who yeah. are all worse than you individually. But if yeah. there's four of them and one of you, mm. there's no question of it. Whereas like in Call of Duty, occasionally, if you ran into a room and there was three people there, if they could don't see you, you'd probably be able to kill them all. In Halo, you start shooting at one guy, everyone turns around and you're you're gone. Like, yeah, y- mm. exactly. You never two on one. Unless, again, uh, it, it does also, we should say, it, it, it does also reward the skill because oh, there's, there's also a joy sure. to where it's like oh, well actually you do one do person that, yeah. can beat four people yeah. if, if they know what they're doing yeah. but yes it doesn't allow that so quickly and so easily but to be sure. fair though even mm. if you're a pro and you're going up against let's say two or three people you're not guaranteed to win that as a pro whereas in Call of Duty if you're one guy running against three people four people five people you could pretty much take them all out on your own which puts more emphasis on the teamwork but you are absolutely right it still requires skill. And, like, weirdly, <laughs> I spent all this weekend watching their first major, like the first um, LAN oh, event. Yeah. And it was absolutely fantastic. Like, proper, like, so many gutsy plays and, like, some good strategies. And just seeing it work at a high level is makes me appreciate it even more when I play it now. So, mm. but honestly, it's, it's back to its best. It's the best it's probably it's ever been. And I feel like we're only just starting to scratch the surface. Yeah, it is. It, but it is a shame about the campaign as well. Yeah. I do want to. I do want to get that so in there because it is a, a whole game. The campaign is okay, right? I mean, it, it's, it's okay. Not it's, bad. Good. It's, it's good it's, fun. It's, it's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, for it sure. just doesn't it's feel three, very Halo's best campaign, isn't it? You what? Sorry, sorry. It's three four three's best campaign, isn't it? Oh, for sure, for sure. I see. I don't know about that. I pre- it might well be, but like in turn, I actually thought the rampancy stuff with Cortana yeah, was way that was more interesting good. than anything yeah. that happens in here. Um, but yeah, yeah, and it and of course it's an open world, which I thought it did really well. It, as I say, uh, I'd, I'd agree with you. Like it, it's, it, I'm not saying it's it's not bad by any stretch. It's, all right. it's just, it's just you know I mean? it, especially next to the multiplayer. It's like you've got the multiplayer that's just so good. And ordinarily with Halo, especially with Bungie's Halo, it's like. 
oh, it's it's incredible. Like it's it's you know far and away game of the year stuff. You've got this amazing campaign which could stand on its own. You've got this amazing multiplayer that stands on its own. Whereas with Halo Infinite, it's like, well, you've got the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And it's and it does to take a little bit of a hit on that, but. Uh, Christ, when you know when the multiplayer is like this, it's, it is easy to go. Well, you know, it still it still makes the list because that multiplayer is going to keep people, you know, coming back for uh, for, for potentially for a very long time. Indeed. Yeah, that grappling think, hook, though, right? As well. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like mechanically, <laughs> the campaign. Um, well, it doesn't have the big set pieces that we know about the Halo jumping on the back of a scarab, um, yeah. flying the hornets around those two scarabs at the end of was it Halo Three, was it? Yeah. Yeah. No, two. Was that two? two scar- oh, no, where was three? Yeah, it was. Yeah, would have been because it would have been the Hornets, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it was three. It was three. Yeah, like, it was the Hornets. It doesn't yeah. have those kind of iconic moments where, or when Halo 2, you're going across the bridge in New Mombasa. Right, that was two, wasn't it? I've played them oh, all that back that was ODST, back. When, you, when you drive over the bridge. Oh, you go over the bridge in both yeah, games, you actually. Do, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of uh, Halo 2. But I played them all back-to-back, yeah, yeah. back, so they all intermingled with one another kind now. Kind of blur. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah, have those yeah. big moments, but mechanically, in terms of the shooting, the weapons, the grapple hook, um, the sensor, and all the abilities and stuff like that, it's it's the best Halo's ever been, but it doesn't have the big set pieces to make it that fantastic Halo campaign. I did enjoy the story, yeah. though, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, and I did think as well that it's not often, it's the little things that you that, that, they, that they can't do as much as the big things. Because I, th- I thought, um, as much as you can't have those massive set pieces and those really iconic moments, you also just can't do... Uh, this is the bit where they were stealthy for five minutes and that guy hands you a sniper yeah, rifle yeah, for and sure. you're sneaking. It's like you actually can't do the smaller bits either because it's like it's an open world and we're going to kind of engineer it so certain emergent things happen, but basically you can have whatever weapon you want and go wherever you want. Yeah, so. I mean, that's basically what I did about halfway through the game. I was like, I'll take a battle rifle and a sniper rifle and that's me done. Brilliant. And I'll take a, a rocket hug and I'll drive up to the gate and I'll jump off and I'll smash everyone and then I'll leave and I'll move on to the next thing. So, like, that was my kind of emergent gameplay, creating my own yeah. moments, which is great because it's yeah. so fun to play and the loops are just fantastic. But, yeah, the I, I much prefer the, the handcrafted, set-piece-driven narrative adventure yeah for sure and you you made this point when you started to review it because i remember initially you know you sort of said oh like i don't know about this you know because it's like a bit halo far cry we and why do we need that and then it does see you know the fun does sink in. you think oh well actually yeah. you know the thing about far cry is it is a pretty good structure for the game and if you plug halo into it it starts to be really good yeah. because well, it's like, you know, what if Far Cry, but incredible vehicles and really, really good shooting, which, yeah. I mean, sorry if you love Far Cry and you think it does have both of those two <laughs> things, but, you know, if you plug Halo into it, it gets even better. Yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> Halo always has had the tools to be an amazing open world game, if you think about it. It's had the vehicles, it's had the weapons, like a whole variety of them, and yeah. now it's got the mobility and the gadgets. So the tools are there for it to be a very fun campaign. But, like, for me, Halo is about the big set pieces. And this yeah, just... Sure. I mean, it has a couple of them, I'll be honest. Um, yeah. And they are 
engineered like um <laughs> yeah, the last yeah. mission specifically is like oh yeah. this feels like a halo with the music and the vehicles yes. like so it feels very halo but halo for me is going from one of those to the to another one to another one to another one to another one whereas yeah, this absolutely, one's yeah. what, 12 hours maybe 14 hours if you're doing everything and i did the whole thing in like yeah, like nine hours. But I didn't do... I did some side stuff. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I've sped run it since. I did it in three hours and 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> That's quite funny. Also, you're right when uh, you sort of raised the idea of like... It's also kind of a sad thing that it's on a Halo again. Because as much as a Halo yeah. is amazing, like I do miss like New Alexandria. Exactly. And I do miss some of the sites that you see on Reach or in ODST. You know, there, there is a certain monolithic hey, look at the green fields, but it's like, okay, but once I've seen the green fields, though, yeah, uh, I, it is a little, potentially... Because, I mean, right, look, if you just take it back to 343's first outing, right, Halo 4, okay, like the story, I really enjoyed the rampancy stuff, the didact, yeah. load of bollocks, um, fighting the Prometheans, <laughs> load of bollocks, um, a load of the weapons, load of bollocks, but yeah, yeah. Halo 4 nearly had the formula down. You had the broadsword mission which the the spaceship um you had um uh, the pelican you had the mantis mission so it kind of understood how to basically build a halo campaign but and you started out in that open green environment in a warthog didn't you it was like the first thing you did when you landed yeah. you, they, they, they give you a little bit of that where it's like well it's, it's open it's not open world but no you know. and, and the problem was that the quality wasn't as good as bungees do you know what I mean where, where oh, do you remember gotcha. the ghost scene is that in Halo 4 where you just basically uh, trying to escape something in a ghost and the whole world's falling oh, apart. Oh, yes. Yes, and the, the world's... Cr- yes, I, I do. Mean, that's God, such a yeah, shit mission. The screen was it shaking. Was. You go in a straight line. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Oh, by the way, way too much screen shake yeah. in, in 343. And they kind of... I think... Do they cut down on that in Infinite? I don't know, because I turned it off. The first thing I did when I was going through the options, I turned it off. Yeah. So I'm not entirely yeah. sure. I sh- probably should have done that myself. What did you guys think, by the way? Because obviously me and Dan are, you know, maniacs by and large. But you guys... <laughs> well, actually, I say that. Rich has played every bloody Halo under the sun. But you guys yeah. are somewhat less uh, freakishly passionate about it. What What's your take uh, on Infinite so far? Campaign, multiplayer? Give the, us time, your- the time uh, we all played multiplayer together was a blast. I, I, I had great fun. I mean, have I, you been on on your own though? Have you played with strangers? No, no, I haven't. Okay. Oh, okay. because well, the last time I played with Matt, it was just me and Matt. And have you not played since? We were, no, I haven't. Oh wow. Mate, okay. That last match was so humiliating. Yeah, I, I really put you off it down. <laughs> we were just we were having such now. a great night, and we just we just went. Let's just do one more, and it was the worst Halo match I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, it you was got dreadful. greedy. Was, yeah, it's the perfect time. Just, well, I don't know what time this when this podcast is going out, but it's the 21st of yeah. December, and yeah. there's a new event on, and you get an a, a yes. unlock for every day you play. This is the you time do. to get back in. I literally played a game get before we did the podcast. Samurai armor. Oh, really? I've, well, I've already I, got I the Samurai like armor. To. Yeah, but Rich oh, might nice. not. No, that's, no, that's I, a I different event, though, mate. Yeah, the, oh. the yeah, but fracture. can't you just get that in the campaign, the Samurai no. armor? Do you need that event? No. Specific it's, event. Um, that event comes back in January, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, 
Samurai Arbor. Samurai Arbor. Yeah, so I love Samurai stuff. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) And what I've played of the campaign, I've enjoyed. Um, I just haven't had time to go back uh, in, and I've not been playing much with the with the COVID. Oh yeah, you mentioned on uh, was it last week's pod? You sort of you didn't have much of a desire to actually go into the go back to the campaign. You just sort of thought you had Um, fun, but you weren't pulled back. Yeah. Well, the thing is, this week I have had a desire to go back to the campaign, but then I've been hit by like yeah, acute tiredness. And I'm just like, oh, nah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. what about you, Matt? How do you do? do you, oh, are you enjoying yourself? Got absolutely obsessed with the multiplayer. I've played hours and hours of it now, like mostly by myself. Um, occasionally with Rich oh. and you guys, but I just whenever I get there was a point where I didn't, whenever I got a spare twenty minutes, I'd pop in for yeah. a game or two. I've been, I've been, I've been there. I'm like not quite there as I was a week or so ago. Yeah, but same. it got to that point where I was like, oh, I'm just gonna load the Xbox up for like ten. Yeah, minutes. that that was because it is. It's so good and so satisfying, and there's a real sense of getting better at the maps and learning the yeah. best ways to do the objectives and stuff like yeah. that. There's the uh, there's the one capture the flag match. And I can't remember what the map is called. It's the one where there's only one flag. So there's one attacking team and one defending team rather than this is both the team. teams. No, no, regular four player. Oh, um, I know which one he's talking about. It's the, yeah. the, the big map with the vehicles that yeah. I never seem to play on. That that has the <laughs> ramp that fires you over to the other side. Yeah. Like, the one that, with the space shuttle. Yeah, and that map I hated when I first played it because it's so big. When, it's, yeah, when you've yeah, only got yeah, yeah. four on four, it feels, you know huge and empty and now I love it because it's so tactical and so there's a real thought process to it and every single time the other team comes over in a, a, a vehicle and every time I pick up the skewer and blow up the vehicle and it's amazing and like <laughs> the, the, yeah I've just become obsessed with the multiplayer to the point where like for a good like week or two my entire Twitter feed was just clips of kills that I did like because I <laughs> every, it just made me feel amazing and I don't I've not played nearly as much Halo as the three of you like Halo Three. What are your sort of take on the, what's? Your, how do you sort of feel about the campaign? So I liked far? it. Sort of- I, I told you guys and I bounced off. Not bounced off. I just got a bit frustrated with the opening sequence, but that was oh, just because yeah, yeah. you know I was like, oh, Halo Infinite's a big open world game, and I'm excited for that. And then the intro went on for an hour and a half, and I was like, Ugh. it is a long one. Yeah, yeah. it's I, not I, that long. But it, on, it felt long it's when I was waiting long. to get to the end. Twenty-two world. minutes. Just want to point that out. Just twenty two. Oh, not on your not on your first go, Dan. <laughs> no, not on your first go. Kick oh, off first it. go. Sorry, yeah, fifteen minutes. Yeah, did that yeah. even quicker? Yeah. Yeah. Even quicker. It is like I think an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, maybe a bit over that. I didn't mind it. A lot of people are complaining about it, but I could totally see if you want. It was, it, if, I, I said, yeah, I went in with the wrong energy. But since I've been in the open world, I had a great time. The when you go up into the more linear bits, it's it's good fun. But I also really just like. I weigh, I enjoy grappling around far too much. Like most of the time, I'm not grabbing a vehicle. Most of the time, I'm grappling to trees, and then half the game has been me <laughs> trying not to touch the ground. And it's just, it's great. Yeah. That grapple is so much fun, and just like grappling onto like uh, the energy canisters, throwing them at someone, shooting someone, grappling a weapon into your hand, shooting someone oh, else. Man. That like when you get into that nice like loop in an outpost, it just feels great. And like, also, it, yeah. Those skills transcend into multiplayer so well. Like I was playing earlier on and somebody went to pick up the rockets and they used the grapple to pick the rockets up before them. I've never seen anybody look so shocked. He's looking on the floor. Where, where, where's this weapon? And then he kind of turns around and just stood there with a the rocket launcher. And it just, oh, it's, it's just phenomenal. But the, this is what I was talking about earlier on. Like, mechanically, uh, it's just there to 
be able to make these amazing moments, like with the grapple, like you say, not touching the floor, bringing the canisters to you and throwing them everywhere. So, yeah, like three four three credit where it's due. Like mechanically, fair play, solid, brilliant. Yeah, lovely. I, stuff. I do like chucking those canisters around. Oh, yeah, it's so great. fun. Yeah, good stuff. Have you, have you, we'll have we'll end on canisters. Yeah. If you throw them in multiplayer <laughs> as well, they're brilliant. Oh, excellent. So that's um, the takeaway from uh, this year. Throwing canisters, canisters. is fun. Yeah, yeah, canisters yeah. mainly canisters yeah that'll just about do us um, I'm not going to do the wrap up because uh, it's not the weekly podcast so you know we don't have to thank uh, are we going to put jingles in this well there'll be an intro and an outro but no jingles well then I'll thank se. the sound okay well I think so thanks to Adam Cook because he does the intro right he does that theme yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, thanks to Possibly Andy B or Colin Mahern, depending on our lovely outro. That's <laughs> uh, still, still Cookie as well, right? I think. Which you know, or or it, look, if you want, I'll do the Twitter plugs. If they, they may want to tweet us to complain uh, about yeah. this, yeah, of course. Of so course. you know, uh, at Richie W eight two at Joshy Wise at I want to say. If there's an underscore... There is. It's down, underscore damn web. It's at the beginning. Ah, oh, it's right at the beginning. <laughs> as if it's at the beginning. That's so annoying. Underscore Dan Webb. And isn't it just Matt Lorigan? Yep. That's great. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. No one's I don't got know my name. Got that. <laughs> no one's Fair got my enough. name. That's, that's legit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dan Webb yeah, is common as muck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, so, I mean, thank you very much to Matt from Upstairs, producer Dan... Of course, Richmond uh, and myself. Yep, Hope you enjoyed thanks. our rambles, our mad rambles. Although we we, 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 we did all right not to ramble too much. And weirdly, quite, quite you said two hours and 20 minutes. And you've and nearly nailed it, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Oh, God, that's satisfying. 218. Love it. Nice work. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from yep. us. We will see you in the new year. And obviously, you'll feel guilty because lots of the games that we talked about lots of you won't have played so put them on your backlogs and start to feel guilty as we do there's lots of games <laughs> on our backlogs eat lots of foods uh, not too be kind much. to people no, don't go not mad. too much don't get no actually fuck it do get really well, bloated yeah. go eat, sleep eat, don't listen to Josh's dietary yeah. advice jeez yeah. Yeah, I love stay it. safe love it. Uh, yeah. yeah stay safe out there um, it's goodbye from me goodbye it's goodbye from Rich Walker goodbye it's goodbye from producer Dan goodbye and it's goodbye from Matt from upstairs. Goodbye.